Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk craps. Uh, good morning. I am here. <laughs> Apparently, Reg is here. Um, this is Graps a D. Um, I'm just. <laughs> I did not expect to come back. Well, you know what it is. This is Saturday. It's noon. This is Grapsity. I'm Phil Lindsay. <laughs> Righteous Reg. What's going on, man? In the building. It's your boy, Media Man. Your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. It's Saturday morning. Philip Lindsay, I'm feeling good because I woke up this morning and I saw a picture of Mercedes and Meg the Stallion. And I was like, you know, can't have a bad day after seeing that, honestly. It's like, what a way to start the day. What a way to start uh, the weekend. And uh, what a way to live. Things are very exciting on Mercedes' front. She's been outside, to say the least, I would say. Yeah, uh, outside for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I saw you know pictures from her in Japan, like uh, her out and about. I saw a, a few of the pictures of her at the Anime Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, outside, looking good, looking great, looking phenomenal. Uh, yeah, some it's we're in a, a very 
very exciting time in pro wrestling. There's a lot going on. There's 20 minute promos being released and then more 20 minute promos being released on television. So um, <laughs> I like what's going on here. Uh, but uh, other than that, Phil, how's your week been? Uh, did you get into I don't know why the Schoolboy Q album is so fresh in my brain, probably because I listened to it um, yesterday. Did you listen to any of that album? I did not. Mm. I feel I don't know what's wrong with me, Phil. I think I need to go to uh, old head therapy. We talked about it a little bit on Ask Rhapsody about uh, new albums. I just, even if it's like good, I like, if it's not dusty old head boom bap, I just, my brain is like, what's, what else is on? Like, I just, even if it's like, this is good music, everybody on the timeline is like, this Schoolboy Q's album is great. This Schoolboy Q album is this. And I'm like, I, I, something. Mm, a, bit, just, a little bit mixed. Something is just not clicking for me. If it's not Dusty Old Head, Alchemist, Griselda raps, I'm like, what else is going on here? And I don't know what to do to change it. Because I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be an old head already that's just like, this new shit is just not like they used to do in the 90s. Like, I want to be into the stuff that's coming coming out. But I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't listen to any of it. But uh I've seen mixed responses. I've seen certain people saying it's good. I've seen people already trying to say it's a it's another classic from him, and I was just like, uh, it's only been out, you know, a few hours. Let's let's give it some time. Like, how does that work, Phil? How does how long does it take to to consider a classic? Uh, a day is definitely not it. <laughs> nah, you gotta live with the album a little bit longer than a few hours um, right. to decide if it's a classic. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I just haven't had a chance yet. You know, you know what time it is. You know, time and space. Uh, you didn't do use your Friday night like last Friday, did you? And watch five wrestling shows in a row. Uh, no, I, I watched. I still watched quite a bit of wrestling last night because um, <laughs> I had other stuff that I was doing. But um, no, I didn't. I didn't stay up and watch tons of wrestling again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a good week. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, some unfortunate news with, of course, the passing of uh, Virgil. Rest in peace to Virgil. Virgil, man. Yeah, condolences to his uh, friends and family. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I think we all uh, kind of have varying uh, experiences with Virgil and wrestling, whether it be like just like him from from wrestling and the stuff with uh, Million Dollar Man and all the stuff like, but. Then, then you get like the other half of his career, which is like the convention stuff and like all the stories people have from that. And it's just, it's wild to think about. It. He's just not here, but you know, um, he, it seemed like he was also kind of going through a rough time with his health. So, you know, glad that he's no longer suffering. Glad that he's kind of, you know, in a better place. Yeah. Uh, definitely rest in peace to Virgil. The day I woke up and saw the news, I like started to write like this, you know, like a piece of obit on on him just kind of because the first wrestling tape I ever had was SummerSlam 91. And like for years, I always uh, thought like, why is Bret Hart? Why do I love Bret Hart so much? And Bret Hart wrestled Mr. Perfect in that show. It's like one of the best matches of all time. I'm like, oh, yeah, probably because the first wrestling tape I ever saw was of this. But on that same wrestling tape is a match featuring the million dollar man taking on Virgil for the million dollar championship. And 
now thinking about it and drawing that up and writing like, oh, this is the first black wrestler I ever saw in my entire life. So thinking about where I am now, what people know me for as known as the, the, the black wrestling guy, it's like knowing that he was the one that started that is wild as hell to think about. And yeah, it was like kind of looking back at the stuff that was going on at the time. It was wild what the, the situations that Million Dollar Man had him in, the whole the, the everything kind of surrounding like wow this is the racial undertones in this are crazy as hell but i think that his virgil's uh a real name mike jones i think he was so charismatic and he shined through in so many moments that it didn't he made it not as bad as it seemed and so throughout history he kind of that kind of was his thing when he was nwo vincent um just kind of being a, a sidekick character, just being funny, turned into Curly Bill. And yeah, like you said, the, the convention Virgil, we all know the famous picture of a Virgil wrestling superstar sitting at the table. I myself have interacted with Virgil at a, a, a wrestling convention. I told a story on Twitter. I was heading to, I think it was Wrestle Reunion in L.A., uh, a friend of mine was going early to the show. He was going to get there before we got there. It was like a weekend festival. We were like staying at the hotel with all the wrestlers and everything. And so I called my friend. I'm like, yo, what's going on? You've been at the, the festival for a few hours. Like, how is it? He's like, it's great. Uh, telling me, I, was, I saw this wrestler. I saw this wrestler. He's all, then I ran to Virgil and he forced me to buy an eight by 10. I'm like, what do you mean he forced you to buy eight by 10? He's like, he guilt, <laughs> he guilt tripped me into buying an eight by 10. And so the, the eight by 10 is like Virgil, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, and British Bulldog. It's not just a single Virgil picture. So he like was like, look, Bret Hart's on here. British Bulldog, like, what do you mean? You don't want a picture with all these great wrestlers on it and Virgil and like, so like. And Virgil. And Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually like, we get there, we're like walking through, and I'm like, man, everybody has a Virgil 8x10. And so I eventually get over to talk to him, and he's just like the funniest, most charismatic. He's just telling like the wildest wrestling story. That's like, I don't think I, I watched that show, and I don't I don't think that's what happened. Like he definitely embellished his own stuff, but that's kind of what uh people kind of paying tribute is. I've got that from a lot of people, it's just like this guy was the nicest, most humblest guy. He just wanted to, he loved pro wrestling. As you can see, like to the end, he still was Virgil trying to do his thing. Um, and it was just like that. Like he was here to help. He wanted to have fun and he wanted to continue to try to, cause like after the wrestling superstar thing where he was like, they were like, look at Virgil. He doesn't even have any fans. Like people tried to put like this bag stigma on it, but he like turned it around into a cool ending to, to his career. So yeah. Rest in peace to Virgil. I think I am going to continue that uh, piece I was writing just because thinking about like the first black wrestler I ever saw and what, you know, where I am now, I like have to pay tribute to him in some way. So rest in peace to him, his family and everybody, his friends, anybody that's ever had the pleasure of working with him because he's a uh, uh, that's a that's a piece of wrestling history right there. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just like all of the bits and all the jokes from him. Um, at conventions got really, really funny. But I, I hope that that doesn't overshadow for some people what he actually did for wrestling and who he actually was. Because for some people, that's all they know. If they, they weren't around for some of this stuff, they just know like some of the online stuff, um, which is funny. But yeah. 
Yeah, like his his appearances on AEW, of course, the mm-hmm. the uh, Soul Train Jones, um, the <laughs> I saw, um, I think it was um, Alan Angel. He put up the the clip of him from Sammy's blog, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, yeah, rest in peace to Virgil. Uh, when you said something like uh, this, uh, this the slavery, I, I immediately thought of a joke from uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, rest in peace to Richard Lewis as well. Oh, um, Richard Lewis. Uh, very, very funny guy. Uh, I I was saying the day he passed that uh, he, was, he was one of the highlights on Curb for me a lot of times. Like his arguments with uh, Larry, like they're their their clear like relationship and love for each other always shined every time they were on screen together um great chemistry together uh and so the joke i was thinking of is uh larry's like uh yeah i don't think i can come tonight man because he's trying to invite him to have dinner with him and then he's like well you can't just like come and have dessert or something with us afterwards and he's like nah nah i nah nah i got got auctioned off so i'm i'm in this uh and he's like hey what is this roots <laughs> Oh, oh man! So many, there's so many arguments like that. Of course, like the the colon argument they had, like the mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the, the argument when he comes to his house, or uh, the there's the episode where he's trying to buy that bracelet, mm-hmm. and uh, that blind guy is asking for help, so he like leads them around in like a circle, and they get lost. And by the time they come back, the jewelry's place is closed. There's so many bits from from it with him and. It usually ends up with like him getting really mad at Larry about something. Mm-hmm. They have this heated argument, usually about like a girl as well. Like um, <laughs> there's the, the episode where he's dating that uh, burlesque dancer. She's mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So show man, great breasts and all this other stuff. And he's like, man, might have a mole on it. And Richard's like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? How, how do you see this mole? Like. <laughs> <laughs> always just great stuff man i just i i know that all the stuff that i'm saying is from curb but i'm a big curb fan so yeah. when i think richard lewis i think of curb of course like um robin hood men of tights of course mm-hmm. as well like a lot of his comedy specials man <laughs> this really really funny guy um a lot of the stuff you see online from people are saying how nice he was how great of a guy he was um i thought ben stiller had, had like a really good tribute to him as somebody that's known him his entire life almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be hard to not think of Larry David and Richard Lewis because their relationship just, I mean, they said multiple times on the show, known each other for over 40 years. Like, I just can't imagine having a friend for over 40 years. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to Richard Lewis, man. Just like you're saying, like, I know like him famously from Curb just because I've watched so much Curb. And like I said on Twitter, my favorite Larry David scenes on Curb are the scenes with Richard Lewis, just because that friendship shines every time that they have a scene together. It's like uh, um, Curb is a loosely based improv show. So they're like, you know, just going off the cuff. And so Larry David, usually 90 percent of the time, he's like chill. He could get through a stuff, through his scenes, whatever. Every single time there's with a scene with Richard Lewis, he like breaks or like Richard gets him to laugh or like gets him off of his topic. It's like every single time. And those genuine moments just feel so good in that show. And, and to know that Richard Lewis is one of the only guys that could do that to Larry David is like, that's how special, you know, of a talent that he was. And he just shined through every time he was on there. 
Robin Hood Man in Tights. Yeah, I remember, you know, that's one of the movies growing up that I think we all watched and he played such a pivotal role in that. It's crazy that, you know, back to back with Virgil and the funny moments that he's given me throughout history and now all the funny moments that Richard Lewis has given us throughout history. It's like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how uh, death is just, you know, so prevalent and wild and, and it's just happens all the time to to people that we grew up watching on our televisions sometimes every single week and and, and it's it's hard man but uh rest in peace to both of those guys and uh, uh hopefully their families and friends and everybody are having a little bit of peace yeah um yeah uh it is wild because i just i feel like i just watched a new episode of curb and richard lewis was on there and yeah. it it was just kind of like when the news came out, I was like, "Wait a minute! I just seen this guy on TV. Like, literally, just this guy on TV." Right. There, uh, the show's uh, the show's ending. This is the last season, and it, yeah. it it's fitting now. Like, if it was gonna, there would never be another season without Richard Lewis. You know what I mean? So it's like glad that he got to record on the final season, and we'll get those last moments of him with Larry. I think that's a really fitting end to uh, to 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 Curb. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad that he got to take a part in the last season. Um, very eerily the the scene from the episode was him saying that you know i'm putting you in my will and he's like yeah no i don't want to be in your will he's like yeah no you're in it (laughs) he's like it's like no 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 i want to get give it to somebody else (laughs) oh crazy i saw that scene that day and i was like whoa this is this is crazy (laughs) scary man (laughs) yeah no it's still very funny he's just like you heard my feelings it's like put put me in no no you heard me (laughs) I have enough money. I don't need yours, Richard. <laughs> well, yeah, rest in peace to Richard Lewis and shout out to Larry David for the continued laughs. Uh, maybe we'll get into a few super chats and humper chats before we move forward with our episode. Uh, AKW Beat says, yo, shout out to AKW Beats. Thank you for submitting a super chat to us. Uh, Van Twinblaze says, Juju, Jujutes, what is it? Jujutsu. Kaizen won eleven awards at the country crunchy roll popularity contest. Am I am I an old head? Only hip hop station I listen to is Rock the Bell. Yeah, see, uh, that's a really good station. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an old head when I'm listening. I'm like, this is how they used to do. It. They don't do it like that today. Uh, Deontay Soigne says, "I played Jagged Edge at work, and not one coworker <laughs> knew who it was. I almost went home. What's up, my dudes? Hope y'all doing good today. Revolution what? this Sunday." <laughs> Where do you work? What's what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> you just walk in and Deontay's like, meet me at the altar in your white dress. Like, wait, what's going on here? Uh, Revolution this Sunday got three days off. Rock ain't sugar, honey, iced tea. Nah. You know, that just sounds crazy. You just like going through all these greatest hits of Jagged Edge and all these people are like, man, this is this is pretty good. These guys are pretty good. Who are these guys? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I feel like that as an old head, too. Like, I don't want to exist in spaces where people don't know who Jagged Edge are. I don't want to exist in space. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deontay also says on the Joshi front, Unagi Ben uh tag in town and in tic tacs and sorry dyed her hair i smell shenanigans and now miss monet wants julia again love to see it yeah i don't know if uh unagi is going back to stardom of course unagi left stardom to do some freelance work um she was initially a member of uh 
Cosmic Angels with Tam and uh, Mina. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this means that she's going to make the jump back to stardom soon, but I would like to see it. I think she's got stories still with uh, Mina, especially. Um, So hopefully she does. A lot of exciting stuff going on on all those fronts right now. Uh, Jonathan Cantreras says, after last night, y'all can't tell me the night two isn't ending with Rock screwing Roman. There ain't no way The Rock is acknowledging that fool that easily. Definitely a tease for Mania 40. Um, yeah, sure seems like uh, this guy has uh, got something up his sleeve. Um, mm-hmm. Just based off of the last three times we've seen him. Definitely looks like it's more than meets the eye. Definitely. And then Bragov says, happy Grabster Day. Super excited for Revolution. A lot of people excited about Revolution Weekend this weekend. We're definitely going to get into it. That and The Rock and a bunch more. That's all of our Super Chats for now. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys. Of course, if you want to send us your Humper Chats, you can send us your Humper Chats at humperchats.com slash Fightful. I know that I said Humper Chats three times in that sentence, but <laughs> just trying to drive it home for you guys. Um, kind of feel like uh, Corey Holcomb when he was on there talking about Donnell Rollins. He kept calling him ugly, and it was just yeah. like, all right, I feel oh, you, bro. Got like, it, got it. I he, heard called you. Him, he called him ugly like 30 times. I'm like, bro, all right, I, I hear it. you, man. You do not think this is an attractive man. I, I right. Uh, okay, we got one from Black Phoenix Brand. He yeah. says, I'm digging the pivot. Um, I'm digging where the pivot is taking the bloodline Cody Seth story. Heel Rock is just nostalgia hit. Uh, I need it. It's the it's just the Heel Rock is the just the nostalgia hit. I need it. And there's definitely something to him putting up the one wrong. Also, justice for Naomi because what the fuck? Yeah, what is going on? Like, I just don't understand. Naomi came straight back and she's just basically doing what she was doing, like just losing. And I, you know, I'm all for just giving them time, like especially her being in a rumble. She was she was a fixture in a rumble, one of the first participants in the rumble. She had a good spot in it. I felt like she had a good spot in the elimination chamber match, even though she was eliminated first, but. And we get to 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 SmackDown, and she just lost again. I was like, didn't even get an entrance. Got the jobber entrance. I was like, what is going on, man? Three minute bullshit match. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? I remember when we were talking about Elimination Chamber, Phil, and we were talking about her elimination and just kind of being like a little bit underwhelmed. And yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't a good sign. And then this happened last night. I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good sign at all. It's like she came in with so much momentum and the things that she had did in TNA and Impact. And it's like, that is the, can you get the momentum back? Yeah, you can because she's a phenomenal talent. She, We've seen her do it in multiple times. But, like, don't continue to do the bullshit that you were doing before. What's going on here? Yeah, she was just champion, and it just, yeah, watching it, and she's just back to kind of losing the people that they're, they really want to build up kind of sucks. Um, it, it It's it's not a good look, man. Hopefully they have plans for, for WrestleMania. Hopefully this isn't just like her being in the Battle Rumble or whatever. Not the Battle Rumble, but the, you know what I mean. The the, the Snickers made, our, made us change the name of this Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll name this Battle Royale later. Yeah. 
see from Tony P. Uh, the Rock said it's not enough for him to bury people in a 21-minute clip. He needs another 15-minute video plus 40 minutes on SmackDown uh, so he can remind Phoenix they are home of coke and meth. Uh, we welcome back your pettiness, great one. Here is your Petty of the Week award. Uh, yeah, no, Rock was uh, Rock was definitely getting the shit off yesterday. Very, very funny to watch, uh, both on, on the internet and on SmackDown. Yeah, he definitely earned his petty of the week hardcore with uh, all the time that he took to uh, occupy people's space this week. Yeah, uh, from Tyrone Kid, he says, what's up, partners? Uh, 20 minutes of an edit promo, 40 minutes of a never-ending promo, and one win- one minute with no entrance for a former TNA champion that was doing better a month ago. They need to treat Naomi better. Uh, what revolution matches will have an upset? Um, what revolution match will have an upset? Upset is Eddie Kingston considered an upset? Mm, I don't know if that's considered an upset because I kind of feel like the story is that Eddie's gonna get his win. Um, I guess it could technically be considered an upset, but. Hmm. Not necessarily, yeah, just because, like, the stories that they're laying out, they're like... Especially because no. he's beat him, too. He beat him in a Continental Classic. Right. So he's already shown that he can't beat him. Um, I, I think if Garcia wins, that would be an upset, but I That's don't think that Garcia is going to win. Um, shout out to Garcia, of course. Check out our Daniel Garcia interview. He's never going to come back because Phil doesn't think he's going to win. I I want him to win. <laughs> I just don't think he's going to. Uh, he's gonna win either. But I totally want him to. Yeah, it'd be great if he does. Uh, for Black Phoenix Brand, he also says. Uh, also, I know how late I am to the party, but I just finished Atlanta yesterday. That show is wild. Now that I have context, top three episodes. Um, Damn it! I'm, I still haven't finished the last season. Really, really great show. Uh, top three episodes. I think the mockumentary episode about the Goofy movie absolutely has to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. Really, really great episode. <laughs> yeah. um, Number one for me might be the barbershop episode. The barber, that guy, like, I don't <laughs> I don't know what, that guy deserves an Oscar for what he did in that episode. <laughs> no, that is definitely one of the most memorable episodes because we, we all know somebody like that. It's That's like, yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, just come on. <laughs> just, just go run this errand with me. And it's like, well, bro, just... <laughs> Just cut my hair, man. Like, stop. Man. I didn't come here to run errands with you. What you mean? I'm not getting in the car with you. Like, why? How do we all know that person? That's crazy. We, That's the craziest we, part about it. We all know that person, and we all, if you were somebody that went to barbershop religiously, uh, mm-hmm. we all know the struggle of having to find a good barber. And once you find that good one, you'll put up with a lot yeah, um, because you do not want to find another one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I would say, yeah, that's definitely one of the better best episodes. Um, I mean, I started growing dreads when I got to the Bay because I could, I can't find a barber. I just, it's, they, you, they, you can't, I can't just, no, you know what time it is. <laughs> like people don't understand, Phil. They could just walk into a Supercuts, lay, get their shit done and walk out. Like, easy as that. It's not that easy for us. We can't just walk into a place and get a haircut. Um, top three episodes. Uh. Uh, the episode from this season, last season, um, when Earned plots his revenge on that woman that ruined his trip, and that's kind of the whole episode. 
also a very very good episode mm. um you got two from the last season i'm missing out look, bro if you don't watch any episode from last season i would say the goofy movie uh mockumentary episode and the very last episode very last episode is extremely funny um yeah, I think that the Goofy movie episodes probably like when the timeline was the most like Atlanta yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Every, uh, what is everybody talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, top three ep- There's so many. <laughs> there's so many really funny episodes. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. episodes that stuck with me the most. Um, the episode where um they do like the parody of the Tyler Perry stuff is also very very funny. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> he gets he gets grits thrown on him. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, why not... Tyler Perry don't like none of us. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's uh Donald in a prosthetic and he's like being like this uh, over the top version and you can tell he's doing the Tyler Perry uh parody. Um, and he gets grits thrown at him, and he's just like, he's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> or, oh, wait, the promoter episode. That is in my top three as well. Um, when uh, <laughs> Ern is trying to get, get money from this promoter the mm-hmm. entire episode, and towards the end of the episode, he's just standing on a bar, and then like a revolving wall. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> See, I don't. The reason that I probably haven't really gotten to the fourth season of that in full is because, like, I'd be triggered watching that show. Some things Earn does, and I'm like, I can't watch yeah. this. <laughs> it's too close. It's too, too. So many things hit too close to home. I'm like, I can't watch the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a great show. Nah, it's too great. Fantastic show. Um, I've said more than three episodes at this point, mm-hmm. but there's also the, the episode. Um, and none of the main cast is in it. It's of uh, the kid trying to get into college. And it was like Kevin Samuels in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole episode is in black and white. Um, really, really great episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, really great show. If you have not watched Atlanta, really, really great show. Um, that I one see people also saying that Patty are Parker's not, uh, I, I guess they tell the story. This is it the first episode of the third season with the, the young boy he's cutting up in class and then his mom and then she sends him off and then the li- the line at the end like legit kills me where he's like mom is this some spaghetti in there and i'm like these is like how do we ha- how do you like i live in california uh donald glover grew up in georgia like you grew up in chicago but we've all had like these same kind of shared moments and memories and things that we experience and it's like it's crazy how just life works, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, that first episode of the third season um, is brilliant. Um, very mm-hmm. funny in some ways. Very uh, tragic in some ways as well. Yeah. The story that's based off of. Um, but yeah, very funny things in it. Like his mother coming to get him from school. And she's like, what are you doing? Are you cutting up at school? You you want to dance? Then dance. Hit, hit, hit the nene. <laughs> hit it. Hit the worm. Hit it. <laughs> Trigger, dude. I've seen a mom do that to a kid in school. And it's like, yo, life is wild as hell, man. Like, no, if you're cutting up, your mom, a mom will come and say, cut up right now. Let me see how you're cutting up. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's the show we're talking about. Uh, of course, I've mm-hmm. seen people saying the Teddy Perkins episode. Um, That is also one of those memorable ones for a lot of people. 
a very very strange episode um, <laughs> we were watching that being like what is this <laughs> that is a good one though uh opinion of, of Southside. it should not have been canceled really really great show um i mean perfect depiction of chicago um black people's experience in chicago i i don't i don't think i've ever seen a more perfect um depiction of chicago <laughs> Southside is in my top five shows of all time. Like I've, I can, I'll just put it on like all the time. Like that's how good that show is. It's like, there's so many jokes and little lines and things that you can go back and continuously uh, remember and find and discover. And then, but beyond that, just like Phil's describing, like if, I don't know anything about Chicago besides the one th- time that I've been there and one of my best friends is from there, but it's so Chicago. Like you could just feel it. And like the stuff that you talk about, they talk about the stuff that rappers I've heard growing up talk about. They talk about they're at places that are famously Chicago. It's just so Chicago. Yeah. Every time I see a clip from there pop up on uh, Twitter, I'm just like, man, why did they cancel the show? It may- it It angers me that they canceled it. Stop canceling all our good shows, man. Like, what's going on, man? We're doomed at this point, man, with how streaming is happening and how they'll do five episodes and be like, oh, nobody's watching this. Cancel. It's like, no, that's not. We can't. Yeah. And I saw an article the other day that was like, why are uh, Gen Z uh, binge watching shows from the 90s? Like, because you can watch the whole thing without fucking getting into a show and then them stopping it before anything gets good. Yeah. I mean, right now. 50 is untouchable, man. They're not canceling any 50 shows, bro. He getting Wait, all his shows. Up. He making his money. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, 50, do you have any more, bro? <laughs> you got some more shows for his 50? Come on. Uh, but yeah, nah, just seeing that Issa Rae show get canceled um, after I thought two good seasons. Um, I just started watching that. That is a really good show. Yeah, great show. Uh, uh, rap shit. Winning yep. um, uh, times, of course. Unfortunate, man. <sighs> we can't have nothing. Yeah, somebody just put that clip of the uh, Winning Times episode where um, uh, I can't remember which Laker it is. He's played by, of course, icon, legend, Wood Harrison. And he's great. And I'm just like, man, why'd they cancel this show? So good, man. And and they, they ended it on, on such a on such a sour note where it felt like they need to follow this up. The Lakers lost to Boston. It's just mm-hmm. like, all right, how are they going to come back? It was just kind of like their empire strikes back. And then they ended it with a montage. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's nasty. Uh, from uh, Ronan, Mike, uh, happy grab today, everyone. Uh, I was in the building for speedball versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, easily one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Also black Taurus is a monster on that show. All around great card from Prestige Wrestling. Um, yeah, sounds like it was a good good show. I have not seen it yet, have not seen that match, but Mustafa Ali has been outside. He has been showing his value. Mm-hmm. He's been incredible. Love to see it. Yeah, Prestige is putting on some amazing shows. If you guys haven't checked out Prestige Wrestling, they are incredible. And every time they do an L.A. show, it's on fire. And... If you want to see this match that's specifically being discussed here, they put it up for free on their YouTube. You can watch it on Twitter. 25 minutes of heat, speedball, Mike Bailey and Ali. A lot of people are saying one of the best matches they've ever seen. So definitely go and check that out. Prestige is incredible, and i got to catch one of their shows this year. Yeah. 
believe that is our last humper chat. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. That's our last humper chat. Um, yeah, so we <laughs> we got a lot of wrestling last week. So um, I crashed last Saturday night. Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch everything live Saturday, mm-hmm. but I did go back and watch Collision. Uh, your homie had a really, really great match with Sammy. Oh, Bar. brother! Uh, <laughs> I rewatched, and I was like, "No, this is this is great." Push this yeah. guy. Like, what's going on? Push this guy. To- yeah, shout out to my big homie getting a four and a half star match against Sammy Guevara. Uh, last week they had uh, no DQ tables uh destroyed everywhere some very it was a sammy guevara match so some very dangerous spots <laughs> were there <laughs> but uh the big homie looked amazing like that that spine buster through the double tables insane uh he just looks in his element and kind of that uh we've seen him a few times in kind of these ladder match or platter plunder matches or uh, weapons are involved and he looks uh in charge and he looks like he's having fun in there which is funny because i don't know if he's really into that stuff it's crazy it looks like he's having a great time in these plunder matches but yeah super badass match shout out to him and sammy guevara for tearing it up yeah uh i thought sammy looked great as well mm-hmm. i've been on the fence with this face turn for sammy because mm. it seemed like they had something good going with the heel turn and they had just started it and then he had to go away because of the injury and then he came back and did the reunion with jericho and i was like i don't know if i really want this but okay um but this was a good match i thought it it uh helped both of them i think it definitely helped hobbs hobbs needed a win um, and this was a big one for him. Uh, Sammy smashed him over the head with some, some beer bottles. Uh, hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids. And he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger. Her body looks leaner, has energy all day. And Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jumped off a ladder or threw a table on him. Um, I was like, oh, no, I hope Pop is not losing because it, it was looking real shaky <laughs> look, for him. It was looking you. crazy there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, ended up winning. Uh, really, really good 
uh, table spot at the end of the match. Just a fun match all around. Yeah, um, I love that uh, Sammy kind of had these balls to the walls. Like, he's trying to represent, like, the spirit of Jeff Hardy and every single time he really does. But this that classic dynamic feel of big, giant, strong dude against fast, uh, flippy guy is like, this never fails. And here yeah. it was again on display. Yeah, uh, really strong episode of uh, Collision all around, I thought, had the... Had two pretty good women's matches. Um, mm-hmm. Every time I see Lady Frost on TV, I'm just like, this this woman is incredible. Yeah. Um, it seems like they should be doing more with her. But of course, like it's just getting the audience to know her. But she had a good match with Serena Deeb, who has been mm-hmm. on fire since she came back. Yes. Um, very excited to see her do more. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited to see more from Thunder Rosa as well. She also had a match here. Um, but yeah, main event... Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson, Daniel <laughs> Bryanson, Brian Danielson versus uh, June Akiyama, uh, in a very much spite Eddie Kingston match. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, I feel like we get on here a lot and talk about how good Brian is, how good his matches are, but man, it's just watching this guy finish his career with AEW has just been. Man, it's just been incredible to watch, man. He, I, I feel like he gives us one of these matches or sometimes two of these matches a week, man. And <laughs> he's just amazing every time. I can't believe it, honestly, when I'm watching it sometimes. But I'm like how, like, how are we experiencing this amazingness? And, like, he's had a bunch of classics just this year, Phil. It's only March. And, like, every single one of them are totally different. Like, this June Akiyama match was way different than the Zack Sabre Jr. match, way different than the Okada match. But insane just because one of the history of June Akiyama, uh, they've had a few encounters before. He's a a Japanese wrestling legend. So anytime you kind of get that excitement of Ryan's going to be in here one-on-one with a Japanese wrestling legend, that's, uh, that's exciting. And so, yeah, they executed just like, like you said, a spite Eddie Kingston match, just going to give you the match that you would love to have with June Akiyama right in your face. And then I'm going to taunt you over it. And then I'm going to kick him in the nuts at the end. It's like, this is uh, uh, when they announced that Brian Danielson was going to kind of be on the tail end of this career and we're going to start to wind down. Usually when they say that, Phil, that, you know, you start to get like he starts to wind down too, like that the wrestler that's retiring. He starts to take it a little bit easier, have some fun nostalgia matches. No, Brian Danielson, they were like, let's have all the matches we ever wanted to see Brian Danielson in. And they're going to be some of the best matches you ever saw. And he's going to be just as good or not better than he was in his prime. And he's about to retire. I'm like, what? How do you how do you get better at this at this point? man? how do you? I don't I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, really, really good match. I mean, of course, Jun Akiyama is a legend. Um, seeing him uh, put Brian through the paces, mm-hmm. uh, put him through the holds. Um, narrowly won at one point. Of course, he won with the psycho knee. But um yeah i thought this was a really good showcase if you don't know who jun akiyama is of his style of wrestling the style of wrestling that eddie kingston idolizes and mm-hmm. um i thought it was a good kind of prelude to the rest of the stuff they're doing with eddie kingston at the pay-per-view uh brian after the match winning coming coming over like he's gonna just wave it or, or talk shit some more, and he just co- just completely flips Eddie Kingston off. Really, really <laughs> funny. Uh, <laughs> and and the entire time he's doing it, 
um, commentary sitting next to him, and they're just acting like they're just so stunned and appalled <laughs> by it. Uh, it's really, really funny. Yeah, I love the work that both Brian and Eddie Kingston is because Eddie Kingston is like just trying to earn his respect essentially, and Brian's like, "Fuck off, dude! Like, get out of my face!" And then you're a bum. You're a bum. And then Brian will pay respect to like everybody else around him, though. Like, he'll shake hands, he'll he'll give praise, but Eddie Kingston's like, "Nah, he's a bum. I don't like that fool." And I'll never like that fool. This is funny because, like, it's Revolution. And who did Chris Jericho? Oh, Chris Jericho wrestled Eddie Kingston at that one revolution. And really the whole thing, the whole thing was he wanted a handshake for from Chris Jericho. And here we go again. Good yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of funny stuff from this match. Nigel being a hater again. Um, Nigel, uh, <laughs> Acting like it was the worst offense ever when he flipped him off. Like this guy crying, Brian. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, really, really funny, man. I think all this stuff was uh, from this match was good. Speaking of Curb earlier, I don't know if you noticed, but Eddie Kingston was wearing a Latte Larry shirt. <laughs> I didn't notice. Was, yeah, he had a Latte Latte uh, Latte Larry hoodie on, which was really funny mm. to me as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this match. We'll get into it more with Revolution, but I just mm-hmm. think their chemistry is great. I think um, <laughs> Brian, as a heel, never stops being funny to me because he's just so arrogant and petty. He's such and a piece of shit as a it's, heel. <laughs> it's, it's so great. Um, I, I love that he is. Uh, he's now like, oh, I can curse. Oh, cool. I can just say what I want. Cool. Um, so he'll just say something like that. I'm just like, wait a minute. Whoa, hold on. Like. <laughs> Because I'm just so used to Brian on WWE television of being, yep. you know, clean cut, baby face. The underdog. Being the underdog and being his character for so long. And now he just will just throw something out like walking out of the ring. Like, yeah, hey, Saturday, I'm going to tap your ass out. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, the the match that they had at uh, Dynamite, the six man, the uh, BCC versus FTR and Eddie Kingston. I love the finish to that going along with what they're going to do tomorrow of Brian essentially knocking Eddie Kingston out cold and then just like leaving his dead body. And Eddie Kingston is just like, he keeps trying to fight from behind and he can't get over on Brian. And, and, and it's funny. Cause like tomorrow, a lot of people are expecting Brian Danielson to win, but again, he don't want them belts. He, yeah, I don't know why people keep doing this to themselves. Why do you keep setting yourself up for this disappointment? Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot to like about Collision. I do think it is very funny that the lasting thing from CM Punk on Collision is him calling Eddie Kingston a bum. That has still been a reoccurring thing on Collision. Um, I still think that is very funny every time it's mentioned. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing that they reference. And I'm not even sure people even consider it a, a punk reference at this point because it's just mm. been a part of the show now with the Continental Classic for so long. But it's just a gimmick now at this point. That is really funny to think about. I wonder if, like, when punk was gone, Kingston was like, good, they'll finally get rid of this and then no, it's going to stick around. Uh, <laughs> you're a bum king, forever. King, king of bums, bro. You're, you're a bum. <laughs> Um, but now it's like it's gonna be the thing that I think uh he's already super over, but it's gonna make him e- it's made him even more over, so you know what I mean? Yeah, uh yeah, of course that uh led to some stuff on 
dynamite. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty good dynamite. Uh, people were very confused by the <laughs> hangman stuff, um, which <sighs> I get it. They, it seems like they were in a tough spot, um, but that has been one of the most talked about things from the episode. People were like, well, why did he do that? Why did he act like he was hurt just to turn around and hit him with the crutch anyway? What was his plan? And I was just like, hey, you know, sometimes it's just wrestling and things just happen. It's like, it's not, I don't think it was that deep. Um, I didn't really bump into it like that. <laughs> did it- yeah, no, no. When it was over, I wasn't thinking, why did he do that? I was just like, oh, he got one over on Swerve. I don't know. I did. It didn't feel super deep to me. And when people were getting in being like, I can't. Well, what's logic here? And it's like, well, they're playing off last week. Everybody online was like, Hangman got hurt. They were sharing this clip. There's all this thing. They were just playing off that. Hangman used it to trick Swerve. It's not really that hard, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, of course, is uh, coming off the heels of Hangman seemingly being hurt in the one match. And then that report ran around and people were all worried. Like, is he going to miss Revolution? Because people thought it was a real injury at some point it was being reported as a fracture or something like that. And it was, um, but then that, that got debunked and it was just, he needed some time for personal reasons and, um, it was a work. And so after that, I was like, okay, cool. We're just gonna, we're going to get to work. And so he came back and he came, when he came down with the crutches, I was like, oh, he's still working this injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even when he was going through it and saying, I, I'm not going to be able to wrestle, at revolution i was like ah there's still something to this like what what is he what is he angling at and so when he did end up uh lying and he did hit swerve with the crutch i was like okay it's it's more of the heel turn he's turning heel yeah yeah i didn't really understand because people were coming out of saying it doesn't really have logic like what was his plan like his plan was to get swerve down there and hit him with this crutch what do you mean like it's on site for him every time that he gets him in the ring he's trying to get one over on him and this is just mind games coming into the pay-per-view just like swerve played on him going into his house it's like i tricked your ass i got you now swerve is thinking about hangman page instead of thinking about the aew world champ samoa joe i mean i didn't think we'd really have to break it down with this but here we are (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean look is it is it a logical and kooky yeah but it's it's wrestling wrestling That happens all the time in wrestling. And I, I thought the whole point of this segment was to not just drive home the double turn and that Swerve is turning babyface and Hangman is turning heel. I thought it was to kind of drive home that both of these guys are now acting more like each other at the start yeah. of, the, uh, of the feud. Like now, um, Swerve is being more honorable because now when he realized, the, when he thought he was hurt, he, you know, tried to shake his hand and was saying, I never meant for this to happen. And mm-hmm. he, he was trying to say that he respected him and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, <laughs> Hangman is standing the whole time. Like, no, nah, I still fuck you too. Like, <laughs> came in my house. Like you, you put a, a shirt on my kid's face. Like, no, no, it's not. Like, what it's, have you done? Like if I'm Hangman, I'm like, what have you done to change what you did to me? You came in my house, bro. It's on site. It's up from here. Like, I'm gonna let you, talk i'm gonna let you say whatever you do but as soon as you turn your back i'm about to hit you in the back with the scratch yeah i thought they did a few good things in the segment like um 
just you could see Hangman in the background when Swerve was talking and how he was reacting to certain things he was saying. You could tell like he was not feeling it. When he was talking about being AEW champion, you could see how mad he was getting. Like, this guy is not going to be champion. I'm going to be champion. And even if I'm not champion, you're never going to be champion. You're not going to be champion. I'm not going to let you win. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I thought all of this was good because, again, I, I think it's driving home um, how much this – feud has affected hangman and how you know he's unhinged based off of their other um uh, matches and the fact that he hasn't been able to beat him yet um i really enjoyed their rivalry a lot i think that they got something really good here and swerve's uh promo here was really strong too he of course yeah. throughout the people have been uh on the poncho commentary line mostly to come out of it and it's like that's really funny but i thought just like the fire that Swerve has been showing within the last few weeks kind of being in this feud and having to go tit for tat with Samoa Joe, who is like un- insane and on fire and all you have to do is hand him the mic and he's going to go. But I think Swerve's confidence as a promo has grown every single week. And this one last week, I'm like, oh, yeah, he really gets it. Like now he understands what his character is, his motivation and how to like convincingly give up this promo and make people believe beyond just what he does in ring and how cool he is. He has like the complete package now. And it's like, yo, is Swerve going to win the AEW world championship tomorrow, Phil? I want him to. It's the same thing (laughs) I said with the Garcia thing. I really want him to. Um, I'm not sure if I believe he's going to though. Um, I really, really want him to though. Um, same here. I think with the, with how the story has been told though, it's like Swerve and Hangman are too focused on each other and not focused enough on Samoa Joe. And that's how Samoa Joe ends up, you know, getting the victory. But yeah, if he did though, brother, (laughs) we'd be partying out here, but I, I don't know if it's the right time now. Phil, I've been hearing a little bit about because uh, kind of talking about Swerve, a uh, few people online I've seen of saying, could it be too long to get to the to the uh, to him winning the world championship? Is there a way that he can lose his momentum if he doesn't win it in the next month or two? I myself don't think so. I think that when he fully turns baby face it's only gonna grow but do you think that that is a possibility um i think if they were just relying on everything he did last year mm-hmm. i would agree that he's gonna lose some steam but because they're turning him and i could see they're still doing a story with turning him i think it'll be fine right. um but yeah i think if it was just like you trying to strike when iron is hot then yeah i think they should have done it honestly i think they should have done it full gear but mm. uh if you're doing a face turn you still got some more story to tell here so i i'm still interested in what they're doing true yeah it's a great story i think that match is going to be insane we'll get into uh predictions and previews here soon but yeah i thought that that segment samoa joe just kind of being like y'all are just do y'all want to kiss like what's going on here like why are y'all what's the game here like we're, we're fighting for the championship y'all boys are over here playing and i'm letting y'all play because on Sunday, it's up. I think Samoa Joe has been great. Again, it's back to the, like, if Swerve won, it'd be amazing. But Samoa Joe as AEW World Champion is just bright. It just feels so good. And there's still more stories to tell with him beyond what is going on here. So uh, it's a good spot to exist in, I think. And, and I've seen a lot of people online being, like, uh, having cases for all three of them winning the match tomorrow. So I think that's always the best place to have if you're doing a triple threat match. 
Yeah. Um, we got a really strong six man match um, based off of the stuff from Collision with Brian and Eddie Kingston. Also, FDR was thrown into the mix with BCC. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed this match. Really enjoyed what they're doing with FDR and BCC as well. Um, and I thought this made sense as kind of a preview for the pay-per-view to get all six of them in the ring together. Um, really strong match. All of these personalities um, in the ring was great. Uh, again, Brian just being a jerk is just continues to be really, really funny to me. Um, <laughs> I, I know that we've all enjoyed this guy as a baby face and this great underdog for a big part of his career, but Hill Brian is just so much fun. <laughs> I feel like Hill Brian might be better because like the best like when he was Ring of Honor World Champion, like the bulk of that, he was heel. And that's why it was so great because he was heel. He started doing the small package as his finisher. Like that's how he's such a shitty little heel. And it's just the fact that he's able to be 100 percent. He could cuss. He could do and say whatever he wants, like makes it even it enhances it. It's like, yo, this is I know you don't like belts, man. But what if just one time before you're gone? <laughs> You take this, but he's not. He's not going to. But yeah, I thought that everybody in this match kind of shined. I like the work that they're doing. I just kind of don't understand what's the motivation behind FTR and Claudio and Moxley. It's just like we're we want to be better than y'all. It's like the story that they're trying to tell. I under I don't understand it because it was like they just did those matches, and now it's like, what are you guys fighting for though? You know what I mean? Um. Well, I think the the, the build they've done off, out of the collision match worked for me. I think mm-hmm. them going to the draw and, you know, it got chippy during the match where it's just like, no, nah, we just went into this trying to have a match. But, oh, by the way, nah, y'all think it's up? It's up then. Like, y'all want to turn it into something that's not. We were just trying to win the match. Like, y'all, <laughs> y'all want to get spicy? We'll get spicy then. By the way, it's such a funny phrase here. By the way, now nah, it's up, nigga. We're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, I, I thought that that was the energy out of that, out of that, um, out of their tag match from Collision, where they felt okay. kind of disrespected. Like mm-hmm. we were just doing what we always do to win matches. Why are y'all getting sensitive? Y'all soft. <laughs> 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 like y'all, l- listen, y'all want to turn it into something? You know, we we're, we're doing the uh, Black Parent thing. Yeah, you want something to cry about? We'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, I see the motivation. I could, I can see it now. It's like, oh, we were just trying to do our thing. And y'all were extra about it. Now we're really going to do our thing when we beat your ass. It's got, I mean, of course it's going to be a great match, but I'm just being an annoying internet person that I need the story. Give me a video package as to why these guys are fighting. That was, that was also very funny when um, Excalibur, sorry, not Excalibur, <laughs> but um, commentary, uh, Kevin and the guys were explaining who Jun Akiyama were. And <laughs> Eddie out of nowhere was like, yeah, Google him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about yeah, Google him. That shit killed me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, damn, we are here at this point. That's so funny. And it happened, dude, it happened again this week, though, with the with the rampage match announcements and the the luchadors. And I'm like, dude, we can't do this every week. This it's in bad faith, you guys. Like they're not trying to find out who these guys really are. They don't care. You can explain it to them. They don't care. It's just a bit at this point. Yeah, we got the Atlantis Jr. Um, 
match and it was kind of the same thing where people were like oh well see this is what we always wanted um and yeah they did explain who he was they explained um jericho's relationship to his father and why this match matters and all this other stuff and people were like this is what we wanted it's like okay man uh just just, just watch the show man like i i don't know just watch the show um, i do like that match I thought it was good. Um, I think that Jericho is good at these kind of matches with luchadors. I think mm-hmm. all of the guys from CMLL have come over and they've made an impact. I came yeah. away from this really liking liking Atlantis Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought uh, <laughs> it's funny because sometimes the Jericho stuff does feel a little bit overindulgent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this match was a little bit longer than it really needed to be. Right. Um, I don't know if I really need the Lionheart stuff, but um, I got it. I, th- I thought it. I thought it added a little ex- something extra to the match. I thought it was a good match, though. Yeah, I, I like the story that they told here. Atlantis uh, Senior and Junior were here. Their little moment at the top of the ramp was dope. They told the story of Jericho teaming with his dad. Like everything surrounded it. And when he does this little Lionheart tribute, like I understand. But yeah, I'm on the same boat that you are. Like let maybe shave five minutes off of this, and we uh, we could accomplish the same thing. That's how it always is with Jericho. It's like Jericho's like. All right, I got into this position, so I'm going to really hammer it home. And it's like, you don't have to hammer it home. We know where you are. We know why you're here. And just, like, give us the greatest hits, man. That's it. Like, he – um, I think he's going to try to ride the waves off that Bandito match for a long time. But it's like, yo, Bandito's a different human, dude. Like, that, yeah. you can't get that match with every single luchador that comes through here. Yeah, no, we, don't, we don't need no hammer. They got nail guns now, man. It's, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. That's true. That's cool. Oh, we don't, we don't need you to do no hammering. It's all right. We don't, bro. <laughs> That's cool. That shit's automatic now. Just zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> you know. But uh, I understand. Is all I'm saying. Like it's kind of. I I think like if I'm like a legend, kind of like Chris Jericho, and I see the things that they're doing for Brian Danielson, I'm like, yo, I want to have a little fun too. Like I, I, I like, you know, you know what I mean? Like give me some kind of uh dream match story scenario type thing. So like I'm saying, I totally understand it. Yeah. Um, I do like the Lionheart theme though. Um, mm-hmm. It is cool. Lionheart but, theme is dope. But yeah, the overarching story of this episode um, was the Sting stuff with uh, the Young Bucks. That was kind of the thing that, was kind of through line through the entire episode it was kind of mm-hmm. an old school like raw thing of them looking for them the entire episode yeah. um and um i did not watch it live so it was already kind of spoiled for me um by the time i did watch it live but then when i was watching i was like oh yeah you're supposed to get the point that uh sting is in the rafters all this time they're they're looking for him in all these places backstage and mm-hmm. they're asking around about him and he's not there because he's in the rafters um but I thought that this was a a fitting way to send off Sting. I think mm-hmm. this was uh, promoted as his last episode for a long time, and so I was like, "All right, what are they going to do for him? Are they going to do like the the tribute?" Or, uh, but I thought that this was even better than tribute because this is right. this was such a fitting um, uh, kind of homage to everything he's done and some of the the twitter bits and some of the memes that he's been a part of um they had darby do the mask thing mm-hmm. um i did not expect to get to the end of this episode and him dropping down from the rafters i was just like nah mm-hmm. no way but mm-hmm. it looked re- it looked really good everybody yeah. was safe yep yep um i thought it was a really good note that we found out this week that um tony had asked um if it was okay with owen hart's wife um i thought that that was a good that that was a nice that was a nice gesture. 
Um, but what do you think for a last episode for Sting? Yeah, I think exactly what you're kind of describing here is why I really liked it. Usually when we get kind of like these last retirement type things, they'll like just play video pack. Oh, look it. In 1993, he did this. And in 1998, he did this and blah, blah, blah. And those are dope and cool. And like we should have those existing somewhere. But I love them kind of paying tribute to him, like with live stuff from today. Like yes. they got, they're doing bits that we've seen. Uh, they're doing backstage segments we've seen. They're doing the Darby thing that we've seen. Um, what we know of Sting as a TV wrestler, they kind of just paid tribute to it all. Like these are yeah. all the things you kind of seen of Sting over the years. And here's one last hurrah. Really great way to to pay tribute to him and fitting that he dropped down from the rafters at the end of it because so many nitros we've watched throughout the history that ended that exact same way. NWO in the ring talking shit, sting, sting, sting. You never do anything. He dropped down from the rafters and causes havoc. Really fitting way to do that. Yeah, I love that they uh the news came out that Tony talked to Martha because yeah, when it was happening, it's like this is a great moment, but there is that split second, that little emotion that's like wrestling is surrounded by this memory of what happened one day. And so even originally when that the, the, the Owen thing happened, rest in peace, Owen Hart, uh, when that thing happened, Sting did a few more jumps after that. And I, it, I never felt comfortable with it. Like it, it was always like, damn, I like, I understand it's Sting is his thing, but like that's always sitting in the back of my mind. So for a split second, it was like ah, but it just was like it was safe and it looked great and it was it it was needed. I think here just because that's so Sting. What a great way to end his TV career. The crowd was so 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 hot for all this. What you thought about uh your homeboy uh, Ric Flair and his uh yeah. So I, I didn't know where they were going with the Rick stuff because last episode, uh, last episode we had Rick uh, uh, going into the Young Bucks locker room, so it made mm-hmm. it seem like Rick is again going to do some dastardly stuff and turn on Sting. And so when he came out here, uh, I thought he was going to help the Bucks, and then you know he started throwing throwing some um, hands. I was like, them, those are some punches. Cool. Um, Denise brought up the funniest point. She's like, he's an old man. Why did he drop the weapon to punch? Nah, he he had to let you know he still got hands. <laughs> let me know you still got hands with those is crazy. Listen, he was trying to let you know these hands still work. <laughs> they like, <laughs> do not work at all. They are, those hands are officially on retirement, bro. We should see. <laughs> Nah, man. <laughs> it's always like when Shane McMahon punches and you have to sell. It's like, damn, don't sell this though. That's Listen, not real. <laughs> I was I was in here the other day watching <laughs> rock stuff on YouTube, and I was watching Shane, um, like jump on rock and like punch him and like doing like the <laughs> doing like the dance. I was what I tell you. I would be embarrassed if people knew how many times I rewinded it and laughed at Shane doing like the dance and everything and like all over him, jumping all over him, punching him. It is so goddamn funny, man. I'm sorry. The punches are so bad, too. But Shane, he was always so into it. It's like, okay, but the punches are horrible. They're god awful. Bro, Don't sell he, that. He's he doing these horrible work punches. And then he's doing like the dance and like. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Ali and shit. These are not Muhammad 
Ali punches, big bro. <laughs> whatever his version of the rope a dope, whatever the fuck he's doing. Eddie's just so fucking funny. He's just doing this and like <laughs> hilarious every time. Doing that to the rock is extra funny too. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, nah. The Rick Rick got involved. Um, yes. It was definitely a Rick involvement. Um, <laughs> it wasn't enough to ruin it for me, right? Uh, but it was definitely like, all right. It got choppy there for a bit. I was like, Sting has it, to come it, and save this, and Sting it, definitely came and saved this. It was, it was a little chop, a little chop, uh, a <laughs> little turbulent. <laughs> uh, but it, it worked. Uh, I, I thought I thought all of the uh, Young Buck stuff worked as well. Mm-hmm. Them being annoying and obnoxious. Um, them having their interactions with other people throughout the night and uh <laughs> getting mad nick is hilarious now when like matt will come in trying to talk calm and nick will just get mad like by the way i heard you were talking shit last week i'm gonna find you like he's like hold on hold on man that has nothing to do with what we're talking about i do like this uh good cop bad cop type thing what did you how do you feel about uh connotations i guess i want to say of them pulling up to a locker room to bust in to find someone. Um, I, I mean, very clearly the point. Um, they've been <laughs> they've been playing into these things since they started these heel characters. Um, and so I caught that right away. Them busting in somebody's locker room. I think the only thing that would have made it better is if they kicked the door in. Um, <laughs> they should have. If they would have super kicked the door, I would have cried, <laughs> bro. If they would have super kicked that door, man, I would be still laughing right now, man. Right, definitely. Um, but yeah, so all of that stuff didn't bother me. I, I, because again, they're playing off this stuff. They're leaning into it. Um, it's very yeah. intentional. Uh, they've been doing the the jabs and stuff for you know a few weeks now, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, them going in there and like having the, the bats hanging from the ceiling. I still didn't know what that was supposed to mean, but I I also just I think that they were just supposed to go in and find something weird. And they're like, "What's weird? What would he have in this room? How about a bunch of bats?" Like, <laughs> no, it's a uh, they did a bit like that on Nitro back in the day. They were paying tribute to him. Like he was uh, in, he was in a room with the bats. Yeah, it was it was another sting. Ah, uh, okay, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when, why was all these bats hanging? <laughs> what would bats, sting? Man? What would a sting room look like? Oh, it'd probably be a bunch of bats hanging from the ceiling. Bunch of bats hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, wait, that kind of makes where, sense. Where, where'd you Where'd you go there, man? <laughs> feel like I you lost of, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, bats hanging from the ceiling. That That's kind of a bit too. <laughs> yeah uh no yeah but that that makes more sense now that i know that mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, i thought uh i thought this stuff worked like i said getting all the way to the end and having him drop from the rafters i thought mm-hmm. that was great we also got uh the preview of what the no- new crow is gonna look like and <laughs> sometimes it's okay to leave the classics just alone leave it. Hey, just leave it. but I, I thought we got a really good tweet out of it um i can't remember who tweeted this but i think it might have been tiger style and he was mm-hmm. like uh yeah years ago uh sting saw crow and he modeled himself off of it and now somebody saw darby allen and modeled crow <laughs> after darby allen really funny tweet um incredible tweet like yes seriously i was like wait darby allen's the crow now <laughs> Full circle, man. Everything full is full circle. Just we've seen the influence on Sting. Now we've seen Sting's influence on Darby and Darby's influence on the world. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought what you were expecting to see, um, we got on countdown instead. Uh, we got the the tribute to him and the montage, which was amazing. Um, 
I thought all of that stuff was great. Again, I was not this big Sting fan growing up, but right. like ha- having him on AEW television and getting that spliced in with the New Japan footage and some of his older footage, really, really cool stuff. There's also stuff like, uh, I think Players Tribune put the the audio out there with people calling him and leaving him the voicemails. I thought that was also really cool. Mm-hmm. Countdown was really, really good last night. This is uh this has all been really cool and interesting, Phil. As a longtime wrestling fan, like I came up during the attitude, the Monday Night War era of WWF versus WCW. Um, there's a lot of wrestling fans currently that started watching wrestling way after that. A lot of people know Sting from TNA, which is like crazy to kind of think about. And even wilder and more beyond that. There are some people that only know Sting from AEW. So it's yeah. like the 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 way that he has connected to so many different generations is wild. And I've been hearing stories of people all week being like, oh, I discovered Sting in uh, 1988 or I discovered Sting in 1998 or I discovered Sting in 2018. You know, like there's always like there's this wide array of different people having these memories and feelings attached to sting there's some people that know sting from wwe when he was in there for mm. six months or whatever sorry which is wild i know I'm so sorry to hear that it's just wild as hell to think that his thing has expanded and he's been over every single time and he's one of those like there's like a short list of wrestlers that like transcended wrestling like if you mention them to like a random person on the street they might know who there are there's like i think ray mysterio and his mask has entered that if you say hogan or austin or the rock or cena these people would know it sting has always been one of those guys people know sting's face paint if they watch wrestling one time in their life life sometime somehow they saw sting and he's just like an iconic character off of that dynamite and what's going to happen tomorrow, it's crazy that this is it for full-time wrestler Sting. We've been, my entire wrestling life, he has been either on the screen or on the other screen of the competition that I'm watching. So it's like he's been connected to almost every memory that I have. So this is, uh, that was an awesome tribute. I haven't seen the, the I didn't get to see the, the countdown show. I'm going to have to watch that after the pod. But everything has been so great. And you just know how much AEW, Tony Khan, and everybody just appreciate having him for that time. And I'm happy that they're giving it up to him like this. It's so dope. Yeah, uh, that definitely comes across how much that Tony respects Sting, how much Tony's a fan of Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see how much a lot of people in the locker room respect him, yeah. how much they were fans of him, how much they idolize him. Um, and it's re- just really cool to see him go out this way. Because, um, I mean, years ago, we thought that that was it, the WWE run, that was it. <laughs> and so to see him get another... Uh, to see him get another run at it and to see him not just have great matches, but to see like this great celebration of his career. It's been really, really great. Um, I think it's one thing that's the thing that's fucked me up this week is he's been talking about his WWE uh, run. And the (laughs) thing that we all, everybody in the world only wanted one thing out of this run. And he came out this week to say, Oh, I did that match because I thought I would get a match with the undertaker. And we're all like, Yeah, we didn't. You mean to tell me that Sting wanted this fucking match? 
and we know that the Undertaker wanted this match, and you didn't do it at well, I mean, WrestleMania. I feel, like, I feel like we knew that, right? Because I thought that that was a part of um, because his first match with AEW was the cinematic match, and I thought. We had heard already that Sting had been working on the idea of doing cinematic matches because he thought that that was the only way he was going to get the Undertaker match. Uh, I, wasn't that story already out there? I don't know if I've ever heard that. No, I, I'm i pretty certain Sting had been saying for the longest that he wanted the match in. Like, he thought, like, the cinematic match would have been the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that there were other stories. I I. I was it's not crazy. surprised by that at yeah, all. Yeah, it's he, like, he man, the what the hell? Why did you guys? Why, 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 how do you not do that? Is where I'm glad. I'm like, okay, these two legends wanted this match, and you're like, nah, it's chill. Put him in there with Triple H. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the less said about the Triple H match, the better. Uh, I was there. That was my. Uh, that was my bathroom break match for WrestleMania 31. You guys, I went to the bathroom during Sting because he was wrestling Triple H, and I knew what was happening here. And then I heard uh, NWO music, and I saw Hogan. I was all perfect. I'm glad I came out here. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure what happened. Like I, it, but that match should have happened. But yeah, I really enjoyed this run with AEW. I would go as far to say as this is the best thing AEW has done. One of the best things they've done as a company Definitely. is giving him his, you know, a proper send off, giving oh, him man. a last run to his career. Um, it's if been I'm, really, really awesome. If I'm a legend, Phil, like I'm like, yo, I hope that they, I hope I could get a treatment like that over there. Like that's a good sign for like the future and people kind of in Sting's same position because as wrestling history uh, kind of has shown, like legends don't get like, it's almost like veterans in, in America. It's like they do so much for us. And then the tail end, they just are thrown to the side. We've heard so many stories of like, Oh, they became weekend warriors. He's 60 years old. He's still wrestling in gyms and blah, blah, blah. And, and at this age, he needs to retire to know that Sting got this like, really really great send-off he got to have some moments with his kids he got to have this you know break darby allen out and do all these things and put a bunch of people over like it's so great man i'm happy because again he's one of the greatest of all time and like what he did for this network uh tbs tnt the the brand the way he did it, it can't be replicated so he deserves all this yeah I, and i think um he, I, I think he's on the list of one of the greatest of all time, but I think when you consider like the best non-WWE wrestlers, he's definitely at the top of that list. So I think it made so much sense for him to be a part of a company that's an alternative. Um, and really thinking about the last, yeah, the last three years of AEW and how big of a part he's been of the company, it just feels <laughs> fitting. Um, yeah, I think this has been an amazing run, man. I, I can't can't say enough about how much I've loved seeing them pay tribute to him. You gotta watch the, the 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 stuff from Countdown. Very very good tribute to him. Uh, the video is really cool. Uh, got more Ric Flair stuff over it. Uh, if you weren't looking for more Rick, Rick also says in it that he's one of the ten greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, I yeah, really sure. enjoyed it. Really really enjoyed seeing all of this. Um, I think a lot of people would say Flair is up there, so that's not that egregious, honestly. No, I don't. I don't think anything he said it was egregious. I just mean that some people still are very much like I don't want to see Ric Flair on my TV, and so 
regardless of what he's saying, some people are like Rick and they okay. are like eye rolling regardless. Uh, <laughs> I don't care what you did, big bro. <laughs> Get off yeah. my TV. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Got to watch that clip from last night. Really good yeah. way to end countdown, the countdown. Uh, mm-hmm. They had the Darby and uh, Sting stuff interlaced throughout countdown as well, of course. Mm-hmm. But just ending on that note and just when you watch this clip and you see Darby in so much of it, and it's just like, yeah, Sting really did do a lot for Darby in this run. Um, I think when you look back at Darby's career, this portion of it is going to be so memorable because of Sting. It's it's crazy. I didn't, I'm, I'm like, I wonder if Darby ever thought he could even be in this position. I mean, knowing kind of like the character of what Darby Allen and what he represents coming into AEW, like, oh, yeah, a lot of the first half of your career is going to be side by side with fucking Sting. I'm, I'm like, sure, that wasn't on his bingo card, as they say. But it's been yeah. really great kind of seeing um, Sting being so... Like every time somebody asked him about an AEW thing, he's like Darby Allen, or like somehow Darby Allen's attached. Like it felt like his main goal and objective being here was like get Darby Allen over. People are like Sting should be this, Sting should be in these matches. He's like, no, I just want to tag with Darby. Like I like I'm having fun with that, and that has been like the theme of the whole thing, which must be like insane for Darby. Yeah, yeah, so many man. Again, you gotta watch this clip. So many memorable parts where, like, them coming in in the entrance for their first match at Revolution, mm. and uh, him and Darby are walking in. They've got the guys in their Sting makeup behind them, mm-hmm. um, just uh, them riding in that car. I think that that was the build to the Double or Nothing match where they had that clip. Yeah, it was um, Double or Nothing. Yeah, because they're driving to Vegas. Yep, um, mm. that was really cool. It's just cool to see so many moments in there. Um, it just, yeah. I cannot say enough about this montage from last night. Really, really cool mm-hmm. to watch. I'm definitely going to pull that up after this show. Um, Revol- Should we get into it? The show? Sure, why not? Let's get yeah. into AW Revolution. will be upon us tomorrow night. Not Saturday yep. night, kids. If you mm-hmm. were hoping for a Saturday night pay-per-view, yeah. I am going to be watching basketball probably, so <laughs> I'm fine with it being tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I I don't know if you guys have not noticed I watch basketball almost every night. Every night, yeah. <laughs> almost every, like, if there's basketball on, I'm gonna watch it. I um, somehow don't even understand how you get wrestling in there. Sometimes you be watching so much basketball, it's crazy. Yeah, do you be two screening it? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> funny, funny. Given that this is the podcast I'm on, there are sometimes wrestling is on and I'm watching basketball instead. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I'll be talking in the in our group chat sometimes, and you're like, "I'm not watching that," and I know that you're watching basketball. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I am absolutely watching basketball instead of wrestling. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and it's not sometimes it's all the time, <laughs> all the time, but pretty often. Um, I, I'm watching basketball. Like, if if people wonder like why, because first of all, I don't live tweet like I used to because mm. live tweeting is not fun. Twitter is kind of annoying. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I'm not live tweeting tweeting sometimes, I'm just like, I don't really need to watch it live. I can go back and watch it afterwards. I'll watch it later tonight. And if it's a game I really want to watch, I'll watch the basketball game first and then watch wrestling. (laughs) Ball is life. That's what they say. It's to the end. Uh, But yeah, we've got a pretty good card tonight. Tonight. Tomorrow night. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to get the people confused, Phil. Come on. <laughs> Tomorrow night, Sunday night. Uh, we got a pretty good card. 
um, we got the announcement yesterday that on Zero Hour, we're going to get a tag match. Julia Hart and Sky Blue will be taking on Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. Uh, pretty excited for that, man, because um, I think they've been doing really cool stuff with the storyline with uh, Statlander and Willow. Of course, Stokely being in the midst of it. Uh, Stokely being the devil on uh, Statlander's shoulder, trying to convince her to do nefarious things. Um, and that Willow, shirt this week, Phil, the Isley Brothers. Yeah, w- that shirt is heat. <laughs> um, but yeah, Willow being on the other shoulder and trying to be the good conscience of, hey, man, don't do this, don't cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, lot of, what do you think going into this tag match? I love the the work, the match uh, from Dynamite, uh, Stat, and Sky Blue. They went yard. I'm loving that <laughs> the devil and the angel thing and Stokely kind of being uh, – uh, Stat feels like she might be a little bit into it, and Willow's completely like, no, we don't – that's not how we get down. I hate that you're even here, and while you're here, you're getting down like that. That's not what we do over here. Um, I've – I think all the women are doing great work um, going into this match. Julia Hart has been, I love the work that Sky Blue and Julia are doing, them finally being together and kind of being the evil little queens. But Sky Blue has been, as shown on this match this week, improving tremendously. I thought that her and Stat really went for it. So I think that this match is really great. I'm glad that they got added to this this show that's going to be, sold out at this point so it's gonna be a really good really hot way to start the show yeah um sure we're gonna get the usual discourse of um uh, there should be more than one women's match on the card um it would have been cool to see them on right. the main card but i'm very glad they're getting a spot on this card in general because they have been doing a lot to build up the storyline um and so it feels fitting mm-hmm. um of course we don't have this in in the correct order and, and yeah, the, we don't um, know how it is. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the list of matches and uh this doesn't look like the correct order. But regardless, we'll get into it. Uh Orange Orange Cassidy will be taking on next strong, Roderick Strong for the AEW International Championship. Um I think this match is gonna hit. Yep. Uh I know people have not been as into the Undisputed Kingdom stuff. Um, but I think uh Roddy has been great since he's been back in the ring it's not mm-hmm. as much of the gimmicky stuff he's actually just getting to the grabs breaking people's backs hitting yep. them with stiff knees um that's what i want to see from roddy i'm cool on uh, i'm cool on like the him yelling people's name and all the sports entertainment stuff i just want to see this guy wrestle that's what we wanted to see him come to AEW and do and i think him and orange cassidy are going to have a, a sleeper here i think people are so down on the undisputed era undisputed kingdom stuff sorry uh that they're not also recognizing these are two great wrestlers and they're gonna yeah. tear it down <laughs> do you have i've been seeing this week uh, on this match orange cassidy fatigue uh people are like well i need him to lose this belt because there's been too much orange cassidy i don't think so at all i think that all of his matches are incredible and i think he represents a really good spot in AEW. but do you feel orange cassidy fatigue I don't have fatigue with him as a character. I just have fatigue with him as an international champion. Right. Um, I'm just ready for them to do something new with that belt. I'm ready for them to do something new with him as a character because we've yeah. been doing this thing for That's over wild. a year at this point that, of him <laughs> being beat up, but he's still doing as many defenses as possible. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that, but I'm just ready for something else. Uh, and it seems like they're building to more stuff with him and your best friends. Um, mm-hmm. So looking forward to that. Um, 
I think Roddy's winning here. Um, I yeah. think, and that that's my basically my main reason why I think Roddy's winning here because I think it's time to move on from Origins Champion. Agreed. Yeah, I think that uh, it's Roderick Strong's time here in this match. And yeah, like you said, people kind of have been hung up on the Undisputed Kingdom and how things have went since they revealed themselves. But this is Roderick Strong and Orange Cassidy. And given time, they are going to go full yard. I still don't think Roderick Strong has even really, really, really gotten to be full capacity Roderick Strong. And I think this is going to be one of the first displays of that. But yeah, the international championship, I think, um, especially with what we're about to get into and rumored people coming in, like, yo, this belt, I think it's time that we kind of change the perspective of what it is. Orange Cassidy made this belt. He made it. Uh, but yeah, maybe he could do something in some other uh, avenues in AEW. But yeah, Roderick Strong is going over tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think it's time. I, I think it's time for to get some gold on him. I think it's time to do something different with Orange Cassidy. Um, we've got this All Star Scramble match, which uh, there was uh, some uh, <laughs> some controversy around this because it was supposed to be the meat match, um, and it got changed because uh, it seemed like uh, Miro was going to be in this match initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miro's still injured. That led to some stuff from the media call the other day, and that led to Miro responding to a uh, inaccurate transcription from the call, and that then led to people um, that morning. I was very surprised. <laughs> so I got up that morning, and I looked at Twitter, and the first thing I saw was the Miro tweet, and then I saw mm-hmm. people just like going in on him. I was like, oh, yeah. hold on, what happened? Why are people mad Man. at Miro? And mm-hmm. so like that was my initial like first 30 minutes or so that morning like trying to scroll and like find other things like why are people mad at this guy mm-hmm. um but yeah uh will not be the meat match like we thought it's gonna be an all-star scramble chris jericho will be taking going wardlow powerhouse hobbs lance archer hook uh brian cage magnus and dante martin um I'm not sure what are the rules to this match. Um, <laughs> I'm sure how this match works, but stipulation is winner will receive a future shot for the AEW World Championship. Um, the, I wonder why they didn't make this the uh, the ladder match, the face of the revolution thing. Yeah, I don't know. Why did that's another interesting question as well. Why we're not getting a big golden donut this year? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was excited for what this the the uh the match was gonna be when they were building around like this meat division stuff. Same. Um Yeah, I and I almost felt like maybe you could have still did it without Miro, but I guess Keith Lee also was supposed was a guy that they were hoping was gonna be back in time. They couldn't get Keith Lee back in time. Um Yeah, uh I don't know what to make of this match, man. It just seems just like a hodgepodge <laughs> of talent, like, hey, this guy's not not on the match. It almost feels like the the overbooked uh, battle royal from the from All In, where it's like, hey, get this guy on the card. He's not doing nothing. Warlow's not doing nothing. I'll oh, put him here. Chris Jericho got, doesn't have a match. Oh, here, put him here. Um, <laughs> it's just like I, cool, I guess. Yeah, I think if you uh, you know not having Miro, not having Keith, not having Brody King, he's nowhere on this. Like there was a this meet match. I think the vision that they had and knowing that all the pieces couldn't connect, it just wasn't gonna be. 
what it should be. When they announced it as a triple threat, it's like this it's gonna hit and if they're gonna make it happen, but it just doesn't feel right as having more people involved. Um this scramble match though, I'm like, okay, uh paying history to some Ring of Honor. They used to do scramble matches where it's just mm-hmm. kind of free for all, no elimination, first pinfall wins. Um Who's winning this, Phil, is my thing. I'm like, okay, Jericho's in this. Warlow, they've been talking about the Undisputed Kingdom thing. Adam Cole has the whole thing. If Warlow's going to win the belt, then I'm going to take it from him. Um, I don't know. I don't know how uh, I feel about this. I kind of have a feeling Warlow's winning. Um, just based <laughs> off the story that they were doing before, I have I have the feeling Warlow's winning. Um, and it kind of plays into what I think is going to happen with the world title match, because I do think Samoa Joe is going to retain. And of course, Wardlow has lingering beef with him from their time together as a tag team. Um, and that also ties back to the Adam Cole stuff where Adam Cole is saying that, that Wardlow will be the guy that will be your next AEW world champion. But I think Wardlow is going to win. Um, and I think that's also part of like the meat stuff as well. Like if, if you're building to a match with Joe and getting one of those big guys out of that match, it made sense, uh, which is another reason why I think Wardlow is just going to win. I mean, there is another big meaty man in there, <clears throat> my big homie Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, if you want to have, you know. No. Well, he, did, he won the thing last year, I guess, right? Yeah, look, I would love to see Hobbs win, but I think based on the story they've been telling on television, it seems like it's going to be Wardlow. Well, we'll just have Wardlow win, and then the big homie will come into the press conference and punk him again, and then <laughs> take really, re- <laughs> really, really great. We were we were in a room. He just walks in and slams the slams the ring down, and he's like talking trash to him. And I was just like, "Hey, fight back, Wardlow! What's going on? <laughs> Wardlow, <please laughs> fight back! Flip this table yeah. over, dude! I want to go back in time and be like, Wardlow, flip the table over, push him, or do something, dude! What's going on here?" <laughs> Yeah. Still hasn't recovered from that. I feel. I I think that was the moment, Phil. I know that it wasn't on TV. Nobody like some. A lot of people never saw it, but that moment was pivotal for Ward, though. A big homie coming in and being like, "I'm gonna take all your shit," and him just being like, "Oh, that's cute." No, that's not cute, fool. He's trying to get your shit. Fight him. He's just like, "Yeah, I like that." And it's like, "No, get mad." What do you mean? <laughs> I like that. No, man, flip this table over. But I mean, I think he's looked good over the last few weeks. I thought he had a good promo last week. Um, promo last week pe- was dope. Uh, people were a bit upset about him mentioning Punk in a promo, which I didn't have a problem with it because he has history with him on TV. It wasn't like him just throwing a random yeah. jab at him. It was in-character stuff. Um, so I thought it was good. I, I think that they were such an interesting case study because – he was so hot at one point, and he, they just haven't gotten back to that yet. Um, and they've done things with him that I like, but it just hasn't quite hit that momentum that he had at that time period. And I'm not sure if this win is going to be the thing that pushes him over and helps, but I do think that him and, and Joe can have a good match. Um, so, yeah, I think Warlow's going to win here. I think he's going to get a title defense. Um Hopefully that works out for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this feels like Wardlow's match. Just with the story that they've been telling and uh, how he's been presenting himself the last couple of weeks, feels like he's going to win here. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Eddie Kingston going against uh, Brian, which we talked about earlier. Great build going into this match. Great way to build off of the Continental Classic from last year. Um, 
very much looking forward to this match. This is yeah. going to be one of the best matches on the card, in my opinion. Um, Brian don't really have bad matches. Eddie has been on a phenomenal run. Uh, very much looking forward to this, and I think Eddie Kingston is going to retain. Only way this match isn't an absolute banger if there's like, you guys got five minutes, try to make it work. That's the only way that this isn't going to work. These are two world-class wrestlers. Brian Danson, like I said, is if better or the same as he was in his prime. Eddie Kingston has so much to prove. He's been seeing what Brian's done this year against Japanese wrestlers. He saw that match last week against Akiyama. He's coming in here to destroy shit. And yeah, I think at the end of this, Eddie Kingston's going to still be your triple crown champion because Brian Danson don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Banging match though. It's going to be fire. Yeah. I think the match is going to be really, really good, but yeah, Brian does not want to be champion. Stop, stop asking guys. He don't want to be champion. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got also Christian cage defending his TNT title against Daniel Garcia. Um, I think this match is going to be pretty good as well. Very excited for Garcia to get this spot on the card. Um, again, I really want Garcia to win. But Christian is not done with the Adam Copeland stuff, so I do think he's going to retain because I think there's still story to tell with that. Um, but I think this is a good few in the meantime before we get back to that. Mm -hmm. I think there is a world where the homeboy Daniel Garcia can upset Christian. Like there's some alternate universe where at the end of the show, he is the TNT champion because I think another story, great story that they've been telling us his of being this underdog, having this great stuff and having these matches, him upsetting Christian would actually make a lot of sense and it wouldn't hurt Christian. I just think, yeah, kind of the same thing that you're telling of like, the way that uh, uh, Adam Copeland has kind of been set up to get that belt with the the open challenge thing. The open challenge thing is like a TNT championship thing initially. So, like, he's getting set up for that. And I feel like that's the story they're still trying to tell. And I think that Copeland might be the one to beat Christian for that belt. So, Daniel Garcia, though, we all got our fingers crossed, but bro. <laughs> yeah, really would love to see it. But I feel like there's still stuff that they want to do here with Cage and Copeland. Um and I mean, yeah, there's enough room to to think that Garcia is going to win because, of course, Garcia was very close to beating Copeland in the Cope Oakland, and mm -hmm. that match got um, got ended by via DQ, right? Mm -hmm. it was um, yeah, it was DQ. Uh, so, yeah, I just I think that they're going to keep this going until Copeland comes back. Though I think they're going to keep the rain going until he comes back. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's going to be a good match. We've also got FDR taking on Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I think this is going to be a fire tag team match. Um, I don't know the result of this one. I can't. I can't call it. Um. Yeah. I. I just think I go either makes way. The more, makes most sense for FTR to win if we're trying to reestablish this tag team division, and they're the actual tag team here. You know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this could go either way. I, I I like that this is the big tag team match on the card. Well, actually, it's not the big tag team match. The main event will probably be the big, big tag team match. Um, but I, I, I like that uh, we're getting more tag team wrestling. I like that there's more of a focus on teams. FDR has been killing it as a tag team. So getting them on this card, getting Mox on this card, uh, Big Claudio, 
really excited. I think, like I said, the build that they've been doing on weekly television is for me. Um, I think the matches have been hot. I think um, when you give Mox a chance to beat down on people and then talk shit afterwards, I'm always going to be into it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for this. I again, Like you, I don't know who's winning this match. I'm excited about that, though. Though, mm-hmm. so, um, if I had to guess, I think that FDR might win. Mm-hmm. I think that, and this tag team match is going to be way different than the main event tag team match. You know, that's like a tornado tag. There's going to be all kinds of of moments and things. This is going to be two tag teams in the middle of the ring beating each other's ass. Um, Yeah, I think what's going to come off the heels of this, uh, what happens in the main event with the tag team championships, I think having FTR as strong as possible going into whatever is going to happen post that is the way to go. So that's why I think that FTR is going to go over here. You think FDR could win here and uh, Bucks could win and we could be heading towards a rematch? I don't know about all that, big dog. That sounds crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't we not get that match a few months ago when we were supposed to go? Like That was supposed to be the full gear match, I thought. Um I don't know. We'll talk more about what I think is going to happen in the main event in the main event. But yeah, I think that FTR is going to um, going to do it. Yeah, I, I, that's what I think is. I think FTR is going to win. Um, we've got timeless Tony Storm uh, defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Deanna Perrazzo. I think this is the best build we've seen for a women's title match um, and quite a while with AEW. Um, I've been in for everything they're doing, all of the personal stuff. Um, the ties to their like real life friendship, uh, Tony being Tony, uh, Deanna forcing Tony to focus on technical wrestling. Um, I, I think the visuals have been really cool. They did a really good visual from countdown of them doing a stare down in the ring and they had the, the filter over Tony. So she's black and white, really, really cool visual. The stare down they had and the, on the ramp as well, where they did the split screen as well was really cool. Um, I think Tony's winning here because Tony mm-hmm. is still hot as fish grease. I don't think it's time to take that belt off of her. Um, you've got a woman on collision that is basically calling out champions and working her way up the ladder. And I think that's where this is going. Um, so I think that Tony's going to uh, retain here. But I think that's going to be a very good match. I uh, love the build to this. Yeah, like you said, one of the best stories that they've told in a while with the women's division. But the thing that I've liked the most about this is coming into this with Tony Storm, uh, there was kind of a disconnect between how great her character was and her trying to figure out how to make that character into an in-ring thing. Like, what is my character when the bell rings? And like, some of the matches were a little too much comedy shtick and a little yeah. too much on the nose. It's like, we, I, you're playing a character, blah, blah, blah. But I like that D- her feuding with Deona has forced her to, you know, do more wrestling, forced her to try to keep up with Deona's presenting and forced her to be the Tony Storm that we've known. So this, I think this feud has done more, even more for her character because it's like now you have the character and you figured out how to do it in ring. I... <sighs> Deona could use this win. Yeah. I think that it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if she beat Tony Storm. Tony Storm, I want to say, doesn't need this championship, but also it works a lot with her being the champion. There's a showdown with Thunder Rosa coming, I think, with Tony Storm. 
I think it's just it's in the air. It fills it. So also why I feel like Tony Storm is going to win this match. But this match has the potential to be the best match on the show given time. And I think this is going to Deona's had a couple of coming out parties while she's been here. But this is going to be like, oh, shit, Deona is that woman. She's incredible. This is going to be that type of match. But Tony Storm is going to continue the the train with that championship. Yeah, um, did not watch Deanna. Did an interview with Sean, uh, also on Fightful YouTube channel, and um, she talked about like just coming over to AEW and, and wrestling in front of bigger crowds, and just like how excited she is for Revolution, how nervous she is because this is like a big stage to be on. Yes. Uh, really excited for her on that level, but I do think she's losing here. Um, I we've we've seen tossed around a lot. This match doesn't need a title. That match doesn't need a title. I think Thunder Rosa and Tony does need a title because their main beef is that uh, Tony was champion when Thunder Rosa was away. She never beat Thunder Rosa. Then there was also the controversy of the interim title stuff. Um, Tony threw some shots at her during that time um, as champion. You also had like some of the lingering doubts about um thunder rosa and some of the reports and stuff coming out so i think if you're going to do a title feud for tony thunder rosa just seems like a no-brainer um Mm -hmm. and so unfortunately because diana's like one of her first big challengers i don't see diana's gonna win uh but there's so much more you can do with diana as a character um and i think that this feud has helped her a lot it's been a great introduction to the AEW audience for her um I think that there's, man, there's so much more that I would like to see her do. I, I really want the deep match. Um, I think that that's a big one for me. I don't know if we're going to get it, but really would like to see that. But that's a great point that you made there, though, of this is probably the best introduction we could have had for Diona. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like coming in, having this, uh, being given stories, being given promo time, and then being in there with the world champion, like, we now know we're going to know at the end of this, like, oh, Diona's the real deal. She represents everything that she says she is. And yeah, I think this is probably the most perfect way they could have uh, had her establish herself in the AEW women's division. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this all started with Mariah May as well with Diana. I think that we're probably going to get a Mariah May match eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Mariah May may cost Diana the match. Um, so yeah, I, and I think that you have room to come back to Deanna Tony as well. Eventually. I think they've done a lot of stuff here that the fans liked. Um, This definitely looked like it was, it, it, it it started off as something that may, might've been a one-off, but it got bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger and bigger until it felt like a pay-per-view match and it kind of forced their hand. Like Um, I feel like this could have potentially would have just been some random dynamite match. Like, yeah. it felt like we we're just leading to like, all right, next week, Deona and T- Tony are going to wrestle for the championship. But they were like, they cooked so hard that they got on the pay-per-view and made one of the best feuds of the that's going on in the company. Uh, kudos to both women for doing that. Yeah, um, definitely one of the matches I'm the most excited about just because the build has been so great. Um, we still got banger of a match. Definitely, I think, going to be match of the night. Uh Will Ospreay taking on Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, I could take or leave the Don Callis stuff, but I think just the match itself, 
uh, this is one of those matches where it's just like, what's the build? Doesn't need a build. It's 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 two of the best wrestlers in the company having a match. I'm really excited for this. I think there's no way this match is not good. I would be really, really surprised if they went out there and put on a stinker. <laughs> like, I just don't see a world where that happens. I would be actually more surprised if they put on a stinker than a bang. Like, them putting on a banger is like, yeah, of course, you guys. If they went yeah. out there and had a terrible match, I'd be like, wow, that's a feat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Osprey's first uh, AW pay-per-view match as a full-time member of the roster. He's not a television wrestler, which is just still bizarre to see. Watching him on Dynamite this week, I was like, he's a regular television wrestler now. Like, I just still can't really wrap my head around that. Um, But I think this match is going to hit. I love... The thing that I love right now about pro wrestling is it's exciting and everything. I love competition and not between... WWE and AEW. I love competition between people in the locker room. Wrestlers are about to go to this show on Sunday. Brian Danielson's going to be back there. Eddie Kingston, Mox, all these amazing wrestlers. Will Ospreay is now in that in that in that locker room. Every time you have a big pay per view match, you have to compete with the match that Will Ospreay is going to have. This is the perfect introduction for Will Ospreay onto the main roster. This match is going to be six stars. And if you wanted to have the best match of the night uh, tomorrow, you're not going to because this is going to be it. I think with the main event, what they're going to do, people will probably come out of the show saying that's the best match of the night. But like when the bell rings uh, bar for bar, Takeshita and Will Ospreay is going to be that one. You can't beat Osprey here. I mean, we all know what time it is. We all know where Osprey's leading here. If the end of 2024 ends and he's not AEW World Champion, I'd be the most surprised person in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Osprey is going to pick up the win here. Yeah. Um, I think it's unfortunate that the Kesta's heel run has kind of gotten stalled by mm-hmm. either not being on TV or convoluted stuff with Don. Um, because he started out hot. I really enjoyed the heel turn of, of, of originally, but now it's just kind of like, where do you go with this character? <laughs> like, what are you doing with the stable? And they um, keep telling us, Phil, he beat Kenny Omega. And we're like, we know, dude, show us then. <laughs> yeah, the, the follow-up to him beating Kenny Omega wasn't good. Um, but, but they keep telling us about it. We're like, we know, dude, but follow up on it then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think this match will be good. I do think that Osprey will pick up the W here. Yeah. Um, it's his first big pay-per-view match as a part of this roster, so I can't see him losing. Um, yeah, I, I think the match that could overachieve here is a triple threat match. Samoa Joe taking on Hangman and Swerve Strickland. Agreed. I think this is going to be a very, very good match. I think that it could be the match that we come away looking at the match of the night as well. Um, mm-hmm. The build to this match has, has been really, really good. Um, I think uh, coming into this also historic, Swerve is the first black man to challenge for the AEW World Championship at an AEW pay-per-view. Um, really cool moment for him. I don't think that he's going to win, though. I think that Hangman is going to cost him this match. You can see it in the build to this match and how Hangman has been unhinged and he has been upset with all of this this, this stuff from earlier in the feud. I think he's going to do something to cost Swerve this match and Joe is going to retain. Well, you said it uh, coming into about five of these matches that you described. This could also be match of the night. Seriously, like this, this card is insane. Like this three-way right here 
given the uh, remember somebody fucked us up on ass crafts and they're like will this be better than the tna match like let's not do all that let's go, put this in a vacuum this is just this triple threat match against no one else uh with the elements i mean in that tna match joe was there that's my favorite uh triple threat match of all time so you do have one of the elements but i think that the story that they're yeah. telling with hangman and swerve and how insane their matches have been add in the element of Samoa Joe, like, come on, this is going to be insane. Um, I'm interested to see what they do for the finish. I'm interested to see how they do this, but I see Samoa Joe leaving AEW Revolution as the AEW World Champion. I think it's definitely Swerve's time. Like, mm-hmm. if, if he, the moment happened, it'd be amazing. We'd celebrate. Phil and I would come on this podcast with all kind of stuff, like shooting off fires, cannons and shit, but... Samoa Joe, I think, with the story they're telling with Hangman and Swerve, they're going to cancel each other out and let Samoa Joe win the belt here. Going to be a banging match again. Like, any of these matches are going to be the match of the night. Like, it's going to be the pick of the litter of, like, it's going to be, like, I like this match. And another person's like, oh, this is actually my favorite match. And another person's like, oh, actually, this one. Like, that's a great place to be with the pay-per-view happening. Yeah, um... Yeah, and there's a lot of good stuff that I think they're going to build to coming out of this. I think even if Swerve does lose here, I don't think he's done. I do think he will be AEW World Champion before this year is over. Yep. Um, it, I just don't think it's going to be on Sunday. Um, I think Swerve's going to be AEW World Champion going into All In. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So I think, I don't know, it's not tomorrow, but I see him before they get to Wembley, Swerve's going to be the AEW World Champ, which is insane to think about. So much history going on here. This is awesome. This match is going to be insane. And I've seen some people, some people have had some great arguments on while Hangman should win too. So it's like, yo, if it's up in the air like that, that's the best way to go on a triple threat match. Not the main event of the show because uh, Sting. But yeah. Yeah, main event will be Sting and Darby uh, defending the AEW World Tag Team Championship against the EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Yes, um, sir. I think this match is going to be really, really good as well. Yeah. Again, one of those that could easily be match of the night. Yeah, um, I, I think the Bucks are going to try to give uh, Sting the best possible match on his way out. Um, and they're you know, they're the best option for that kind of match as a tag team. I think they're going to be very giving in this match. I do think they're going to lose. I just think just based on how much um, AEW is celebrated thing, how much Tony clearly likes this guy, all of the stuff they've done this week as a uh, celebration of his career, I think he is going to retire as champion. The greatest tag team of all time, you guys. You know, I've came on here a zillion times at this point. Matthew and Nick Nicholas Jackson, those are the guys. If I'm having my final match and it's a tag match, I'm wrestling the Young Bucks. So I understand exactly why they're in this position. Sting has talked all week, all month, all year about how much the Young Bucks, how much he appreciates the Young Bucks and wanted them to be in this position. The way that Darby has talked about what he's going to do in this match and how he has to pay tribute to Sting and on the lat, like this is like all or nothing type thing. I just know that this match is going to be insane. Again, could be and has all the elements to be match of the night. This is a tornado tag. Sting's going to jump off something high, I'm sure. There'll be tables. There'll be fires. There'll be emotions. This is a sold-out arena for Sting's last match. 
in a territory that he came up in. This crowd is going to be molten hot lava. Um, and yeah, same vote, Phil. I think that uh, Sting and Darby Allen are going to go over and Sting's going to retire as one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions just because of exactly what you said. The way that they're paying tribute to him, the way that they feel about him. Yeah. Historically, wrestlers go out on their back, one, two, three, losing. But I just can't see them doing that to Sting. I don't even know if like anybody in that locker room want, like I don't think the Young Bucks want to. I don't think Tony wants. I don't think anybody's interested in beating Sting on his way out. So I think that Sting's gonna be. Uh, they're gonna. Re- he's gonna retire as champion, and I think that's really dope. And I'm interested to see what comes out of it. Um, do you think they're gonna do the big falsy? You think they're gonna hit the big super kick spot with the "I love you, I'm sorry," and then Sting is gonna hulk up and kick out? <laughs> you got the script already? Somebody, uh, somebody told you I, what happened? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. I could see them doing it. Um, that sounds like exactly something that they would do. Yes, <laughs> I, I definitely feel like that's gonna happen. I again, I do think that Sting is going to retain here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's gonna go out on high note. I think that's gonna be. The closing uh, moment of this pay-per-view of Sting and Darby raising the belts like they, they didn't get a chance to do on television. I think that is another important note ah. here. Another reason why I think they're going to win because they didn't get their celebration like they were supposed to on television because the Bucks interrupted and injured them. And I think that's to set up them getting the moment here on the pay-per-view. Wow, Phil be saying some shit that I don't be saying sometimes. Yeah, totally. They didn't get that celebration, so you get the big celebration, confetti, cannons, all kind of shit at the end of this. This is uh, this is really cool, I think, though, man. Um, Sting's last match, Darby Allen has something to prove. Young Bucks, I think coming off the story that they've been telling and everything that they've kind of been through in the last year or so like they also kind of need a big match like this they also kind of need a big moment like this so it's cool that they're there too really looking forward to this um stings matches we've been in the arena for a lot of stings great moments and you just know how that energy is to be in to be in a building where everybody's going mental for sting is so cool and this is going to be like a whole show for it so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think the tag division is in a really good spot following this match as well. Uh, No matter what the outcome is, either we come out of this and we have vacant tag titles and you've got like a field where you can do a tournament or something cool with the tag tag teams that are out there, or you've got young bucks as champions and you've got a bunch of, you got a bunch of contenders. Now you've got a good, a bunch of baby face teams that they can take on. I mean, top flights right there. You've got private party, private party's not really, baby faces but you could do so many you could do so many things with the tag titles coming out of this main event and that's what i'm really excited for i think that um this company has really been like the place to go for tag team wrestling when it first started and i think we lost that for a little bit at at one point i felt like the tag team stuff was some of the worst stuff on the show and i was just like this feels like weird like that's not what this company was so Hopefully that's where we're going with this. Hopefully we're getting the tag teams back on track. And I think it, doing it this way with the Sting stuff is a really good note to start it with. Um, so I'm excited. 
This is kind of actually the exact reason why I want Sting and Darby Allen to go over for the moments that you described here is like, this was essentially coming into AEW was like, this is going to be a tag team wrestling company because it's the Young Bucks where everything is happening. And it felt like that for a while. We had Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz. We have like the division and FTR came in like the division was crazy. We were like, yo, this is insane. And then for a while, it just kind of lost its thunder lost everything that was great about it coming out of this and with what we have now i'm excited because i think this is maybe the best the division has looked in a long time people are coming off of injuries people are going to be hopefully healthy for this and we're going to be able to establish this division to what it was because there's so many divisions that have cooked for a long time. I think the women's division has improved tremendously. The, mm-hmm. the, the men's heavyweight title division has improved tremendously. And the tag division has been left to the wayside. It's about time it starts to get kicked off. And this pay-per-view kind of feels like a, a, a moment of what's happening after this. There's going to be so much happening. It feels like a, a like an exclamation point, like maybe the end of a chapter. Story and a feeling? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, something's going on, but the feeling's feeling good in me, and I'm very excited about this. This pay-per-view is going to be fire. I'm excited about all the homies that are out there uh, having a good time. Uh, this is a good show. felt nostalgic yesterday. I'm like, man, the last two revolutions, I've had some of the best weekends of my life. Two years ago, uh, we celebrated who we are. We're uh, Speaking of who we are, I recorded something for who we are, too. I don't know where that is. Maybe if I say it out loud, somebody will say something about it. Who we are exists. Who we are, too, exists, you guys. I don't know if this is going to get me fired or get me in trouble, but I'm saying it out loud again. It exists. I recorded something for it. A bunch of us recorded something for it, so maybe that'll happen. But, yeah, two years ago, we had that performance of who we are. We had the high swerve. Uh, another full circle thing, two years ago, swerve debuted, and we had to keep him from people we had to do all these things we had that performance where washington was my hype man a year ago revolution was in my my space it was in the bay area you were out here will was out here denise was out here we did a live podcast we had that bowling show we went to the west coast pro show like revolution weekend has historically been one of my favorite weekends of the year so i'm having a little bit of nostalgia i hope y'all are having a good time out there but i'll be watching the show tomorrow and i'm excited about it Philip Lindsay is going to be on the uh, Revolution Post show, yeah? Yeah, uh, it will be me and Iridian and Cresta Star yes. uh, hosting the post show tomorrow after Revolution. So check us out on Fightful YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, and I'm I, not going to be watching it live. That's why I won't be there. You'll be watching basketball? <laughs> Possibly. There's going to be something going on, so I won't be watching live. That's why I won't be on the post show. But, of course, I will be on a post show on Monday with my California connection friend, Denise, and she'll talk about, she's going to be there live and we'll talk about her live experience. So check that out on a Monday. Uh, man, we've been talking about AEW for a while. Remember? Did somebody just tell you we don't ever talk about AEW? And I was like, well, when? What show do you watch, bro? What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. I, people be saying stuff. I don't know. People just uh, be saying stuff. Why are you saying that? That's not even true. Yeah. Uh, we've got some more stuff to get into. we got more rock stuff to get into. Some more super chats, humper chats, but going to hit you with a word from our sponsors first uh please hang with us i hope you guys don't then see this comes up and run out the room (laughs) (laughs) hey guys i'm here to tell you about betonline.ag the official betting partner 
of Fightful. It's not just an online platform. They've been trusted for over 25 years. They boast a focus on the player approach and have built their reputation on offering their clients nothing but the best. From cutting edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds. Whether it be wrestling, MMA, boxing, or football, baseball, basketball, uh, or racing, anything you can think of. All major sporting events are covered by betonline.ag. Fast payouts, highest credit card acceptance industry-wide, safe and secure online environments, and their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites weekly and easily and in real time. BetOnline.ag. That's where we're going at Fightful. That's where we suggest you go as well. That's where we get all of our odds at. BetOnline.ag. Only bet what you can and please bet responsibly. Are you still with us? Hopefully you're still with us. Yeah, I didn't run out. Please bet responsibly. Uh, Hopefully, you know, you didn't take this moment to run to the bathroom or run to the kitchen. You're still with us. Um, (laughs) Because we got, brother, and definitely uh, bet online and bet responsibly. You can bet on the show tomorrow if you got uh, some skills. Get your predictions in. If you think your predictions can get you some money, go for it, dude. I don't know what, like... California has weird online gambling things. I don't know if I could even participate. Like, there's some laws and rules or something about it or something going on. I don't know. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get into a few Super Chats before we get into old Dwayne. Uh, Robert Aquatic says, this ain't what Sasha Banks died for. <laughs> Hashtag save Naomi. I, I think that I, I think that Mercedes is fine. Yeah, I think, okay. <laughs> I think she's okay, guys. I don't want the crew to you know come after us. Please, we do not need that. Uh, Van Twinblay <laughs> says, uh, "Why ain't you two on the Discord? The Discord that you people can get access to by joining Fightful Select for just five dollars. You people, we need to have a house meeting, y'all." <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Phil, why aren't you in the Discord? I haven't figured I haven't figured out the login and everything yet, but I'll figure it out. Phil and I just discovered two days ago that there's a Grapsity channel in there, so well, we just yeah. discovered that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meet Norma says nine and fifty one ain't one since January. Wizards, geez, Louise. Um, yeah, Wizards hung in there with the Lakers the other night. I thought they were going to actually pull off the upset. Um, ended up going overtime. Jordan Poole did some Jordan Poole stuff, and they ended up losing. Um, of course, the thing everybody's going to take away is the chase down block on Jordan. Um, yeah. Classic LeBron. Yeah, I mean, classic Jordan Poole as well at this point. Jordan Poole went up there and just... His mom needs to pull up to his job and say, you're cutting up and have him cut because he is. He just be cutting up. He went over there to do whatever he wanted. The, the, the slow motion of it, and you can see Brian coming in behind him, and I think you could you could feel the presence on the back of Jordan Poole's <laughs> neck, and he could just like, oh, this is not going well. Like, very funny stuff. <laughs> when you know you're about to be a viral video, it must be like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> How did I get here? Uh, Van Twiblade also says, I'm never going to supercuts again. My undercut is still growing back in the front from the chunk they took out. And uh, <laughs> sometimes you need to know that that one friend that cut hair, bro. That's it. That's it. I was uh, harassing my cousin for a while. Just like, yo, get them clippers out, big dog. So I can't pull up to no supercuts. Uh, Dream Ninja 77 says, to par- paraphrase the rocks, what in the blue hell are they doing with Naomi? I ain't mad at the 
Stratton push, she's great, but not Naomi. Yeah, that's a, one thing I don't want to take away from this is Tiffany Stratton's incredible. Like, she should be put in these positions, but not against Naomi. Like, you have women back there that you can do this with. Like, let's not do the three-minute squash thing with Naomi. That doesn't make sense. Like, Stratton can still be going over. She's going to be. She's already very hot. It's like, they didn't need to do this. Yeah. Unfortunate. But hopefully, you know, they've got something planned for her. Um, it's not looking great, though. Mm. Uh, Jay Miller 3389 says, Dwayne going over time is further killing Naomi's main momentum. I expected better from him since Naomi is part of the family. Um, do you think that Naomi's ever going to join the bloodline? Because I keep, keep seeing people saying, this is just what this is setting up. Um, I think that ship is sailed, guys. I really I do. So yeah. I, I, I don't know why you guys keep thinking that's going to happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And, and I actually wouldn't even want to see it happen at this point because she's over. She's hot. Why would you put her in a heel, in a heel faction? And then on top of that, um, Bloodline's days are kind of numbered. I don't know if people are reading the tea leaves, but why would you put her in now? at kind of the tail end of their their run. Yeah, that's what I think was been funny about this Tamatanga talk all week. I'm like, but Bloodline's about to be over. Why are the people like what is yeah. what is this? I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> I, I have a theory on what Tamatanga could be doing, but um yeah. I just uh a theory you say. <laughs> I have a theory, but I I I don't know. I just don't see where Naomi lands in this. Like mm-hmm. I there was a time before yeah. when she was still here and things were happening. Yeah, but now it doesn't. It just wouldn't uh, even make sense, it. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim McFall says uh, the haters are out in 2024. Drew, Christian, Brian, Nigel, Hangman, AJ flying to Australia just to beat that ass. I prayed uh, for this still tops, though. Yeah, I pray for this. It's pretty good. Drew McIntyre's cooking. Drew, Drew was also great this week on Raw, um, cutting the promo with Seth, where he explained, like, man, why are you over there on SmackDown minding your business? Be over here, man. I don't care what's happening over there. If those oh, guys I love that. are fire, man, I would not be. Like, you know. I love but, that Drew Mac energy. Like, no, I, if I'm the Raw champion, I'm going to be on Raw. I'm not going to be over there helping them with that bullshit. Yeah, great energy. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Marcusili says Ricky Starks going to WWE will be like Jericho coming over from WCW. He's coming. He's gonna come straight in with the <laughs> with the montage and everything. That would be very funny if he came in with a countdown and everything. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. That would be really funny. I, I can see it, Stephen. Uh, Will Chisholm says the stuff stings. The sting stuff was great, but why Ric Flair has to be here? I see why Charlotte hates her dad most of the time. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you putting all that on Charlotte? I don't think she hates her dad, bro. <laughs> Do you think that uh, the old man's going to play a part in the match tomorrow? Yes, I do think he's going to show up at some point. Shit. That's not good. Uh, Will Chisholm also says, I'm sorry the Rock saying Cody looked like the Rock ran over his stupid dog. Popped me so hard. Even the dog is not safe. Nobody's safe. Rocky's, Rocky is... Uh, He's seeing everything people saying. He, he nah, nobody's safe. Watch uh, how you talk about the rock. You gotta watch how you talk about Dwayne for us. Uh Killers 360Z says, Reg, man, I saw the NWO and DX come out during the Sting Mania match and I dead ass walked out of my apartment. I was pissed. Yeah, I could hear it and I could see it on the Tron, and I was like, Man, I picked the perfect time to use the bathroom and get a soda because what in the hell is going on down there? <laughs> 
That was a really good show, though. One of my favorite manias. Uh, Mui Guapo Mont says, it's definitely going to be an emotional night for me watching Sting's final match. I was a huge little stinger back in the day watching WCW. Still hype for some hater raid. All good vibes to you guys. Yeah, Jamie Hater. I wonder what... Uh, where she's what's going on there and what's up with that but yeah i see a lot of that too of little sting fans and i've seen a couple of uh instances of people saying when wcw died i stopped watching wrestling and then i heard that sting was in AEW, and i'm now watching AEW because of sting which is crazy wow yeah um eloquent says i need bang bang scissor, scissor gang to end now i needed it to end about three four months ago <laughs> before it started <laughs> listen i got on this podcast and it's one of many things that i've got on this podcast and said and i got some pushback on because i said max is going to beat all of these guys he's going to go to the pay-per-view he's going to beat the guns and he's going to beat jay white they're all going to look like losers it's not going to help any of them and people are like yeah but you don't know that yet you got to watch it that's what happened and they have never recovered um I when he beat the, the guns in a uh, handicap match. I was like, oh, it's out of here. Stop yeah. this. Shut, shut well, this all down. Yeah, but, you know, he teamed with Joe, right? Mm. Didn't, didn't he team with Joe? In oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. He he beat the righteous in handicap yeah, I, match. The righteous. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunate. But, yeah, it's crazy because uh, coming out of all that, like, we just talked about the Undisputed Kingdom, and they didn't come off good off of this shit the bang bang gang just got thrashed in this they, yeah who came yeah. up in this in this uh max joker thing max max, max. uh boy do do i have to be the one to say it but they were better on collision man once bullet club gold left collision man kind of started going downhill from there and they've never quite recovered they had a good thing going on collision and man I just want them to do more stuff with Jay White as a singles wrestler. The trio stuff is whatever. Fine. I'm, I'm sure that this is going somewhere. I'm sure they're going to turn on uh, the acclaimed, but I just want this guy as a singles wrestler, man. I just, yeah. I don't know. They uh, felt like uh, major players on Collision. They felt like stars in this. And ever since they kind of haven't been that, they've just been like mixed in the show. Like, oh, and we got the Bang Bang Gang too. And it's like, this is Jay White. He's not an, and we got Jay White. It's like, no, Jay White's here. He's a fucking star. So it gets pretty Yeah, uh, unfortunate. But hopefully that, now that you've got guys like Okada possibly coming in, you've got Osprey coming in, all right. people that Jay White um, can work and has history with, hopefully they have some more plans for him. But uh, yeah, seeing him come out with the claim now, I'm just like, what are we doing, bro? Like, just this this is what you were doing with Jay White. Like, please, just do something else, man. You saw your boy fumble his rap? I did. It's unfortunate. It's I hard did. out here, honestly, as a rapper. Like, I know. You got to come up with bars every single time, Phil. Like, how many bars has he came up with to this point already? Like, you saying a lot. It's, 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 it's hard out here for a pimp? I mean. When well, you're trying to get the money for the rent? It is cash. <laughs> Come on, man. Have a whole have a whole bunch of bitches jumping ship, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I saw they got your homie Tarantaro too. He was trying to he got hit with like a million dollar or something because he said they shouldn't. Essentially, the thing was they shouldn't black people shouldn't be taxed. I'm like, that's not gonna work in court, Tarantaro. <laughs> they said, Yes, they are. Give me a million dollars talking all that shit. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think that's how it works, man. That's not how it works, man. <laughs> Oh, black people went through a lot. We shouldn't face taxes. Yeah, that's 
no, nope. No, that ain't gonna work, man. Chris <laughs> uh, Howard do some wild stuff. Those, those TikToks when he was uh, trying to bring that watermelon into into the airport and take it home. I'm like, what is we doing? Like, there was at one point he had like those videos on IG with like him like <laughs> snuggling with cats and stuff. I'm like, what is my man doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he went through a phase of like. I think he was trying to be like Black Johnny Depp or something. I'm going to move forward. Well, Chisholm says, the way ESPN was acting over the Lakers beating the Clippers was sad and made me sick. This is what the Lakers are now. The media giving them an HJ for beating the Clippers. Yeah, yeah I thought that uh, I thought that they were doing a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Bron had a great showing in the fourth quarter. Uh, Clippers just completely fucking collapsed in that game. Like all of a sudden, it became and turned into turnover show. Um, but they had them beat by twenty one points, and then you know, colossal meltdown in the fourth quarter. Nineteen points from LeBron. He had like what five threes or something like that. Um, and people were like, "This is Bron. Like Bron, never count out Bron." And I was just looking around like, guys, they're a ninth seed. Yeah, I'm gonna count. Out. I'm gonna count them out a bunch more times this season. I think. They're a ninth seed. And so then they came out the next game and they played the Wizards and had to go to overtime to beat the Wizards. And people were still like, Are these isn't is this the most dangerous team going into the playoffs? And it felt like deja vu. I was just like, Didn't we do this last year where you guys were like, Man, watch out coming out of all star break. The Lakers are gonna be dangerous. All right. We watched them be dangerous and you guys said the entire time, We want Denver, we want Denver. You got Denver and they beat your fucking ass. Stop it, man. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop, Dem- bro. Denver embarrassed them. Like they walked out, they walked out of the arena with their heads held low. Beat you know these I mean? guys in four games. Did not did not lose a single game. Stop this, man. Stop this nonsense. And we do this every time. Like, every man, don't time. count out LeBron. Like, listen, man. I think I'm gonna count him out at this point. I, I can't. What are you talking about? They're gonna have a they're gonna have a decent run in the playoffs because when it comes to the playoffs, it's matchups, but Bro, stop acting like these guys are contenders. They're not contenders. Knock it off, man. <laughs> They're ninth seed, man. Like they'd be like me right now as a Bulls fan. Like, man, Bulls is looking dangerous, man. This guy, Kobe White, bro, we're ninth seed, bro. Stop. <laughs> it's classic uh, in the UFC. A guy loses nine fights. A guy was a legend. He loses nine fights, and then he wins one, and they're like, that guy's back. I'm like, no, he just lost nine fights. Like, <laughs> Bro, cut it out, man. We also got Brian this week doing a man – Y'all care about mock drafts now because I guess his his son was his son was projected to get drafted in the second round in twenty twenty five and he was just like just let the kid have <laughs> just let the kid have fun and play basketball let him go to college I'm just like you did this though I'm like LeBron James <laughs> is saying this what do you mean dude you, you, you are, did why this, are you bro. saying this <laughs> you are the one that put all of this all of this pressure on this kid you're the one bro, espn was showing your high school games what is this guy talking about <laughs> bro like you, listen man you are the one that put all this pressure on this kid you're the one that came out and tweeted that your son is better than 75 percent of the guys playing in the league he said that. you did this like <laughs> like you come did on this and then somebody did y'all care about mock drafts now yes nigga you know we do why are you he cared about that? a mock draft when he was projected at number one what are you talking about <laughs> What, what are we doing? <laughs> LeBron is so funny, man. He could just lie and lie and lie. <laughs> Y'all care about yes. Y'all care about Minecraft now. Like, come on, bro. Stop it, man. Let let the let the kid have have enjoy his college experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, you do that. Let him enjoy his college experience. I've been trying to let him do that. It's LeBron James, son. Like, what do you, what does he think, dude? We, I can't turn on a sports show without hearing about him. You think your son's gonna just play basketball and nothing's gonna no. happen? <laughs> no, and I, and I actually think that, uh, for the most part, sports media has handled his kid with kid gloves. They haven't been have. overcritical of him. They have been being pretty reasonable about it. People have been sensitive to the fact that he just had a heart attack. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I thought that that was such a weird reaction, but. It's Brian. I won't get into my other thoughts on why he's doing that because people already think I'm a hater. But it just, I, I just temper your expectations, man. I, I, as a as a Bulls fan, I've known this for a long time. Um, I did not expect that tweet to go <laughs> go nuts the way it did when homie came to Japan, <laughs> came from Japan to see the game, and I was like, oh, that's great. He came here, and then we lost to the worst team in the league because, of course, we do. Spitting, just like Southside, man. It's Come just on, man. To, it's experience, bro. I saw it and I was like, man, look, he's one of us now. You're officially a Chicagoan, man. Thanks for visiting. Hope you had a good time. That put the stamp on. He was 90%. Then he got there and ex- really experienced like, all right, this is what it's like. Yeah, man, listen, you're not you're not a Chicago Bulls fan unless you experience pain, man. <laughs> and like six championships. You know, whatever. Those are old. Uh, Will Chisholm also says, I haven't heard the words cocaine, meth, and crackhead so much and still watch The Wire. And I still watch The Wire. What's The Rock's obsession with crack? I don't know, man. He he, he just, that's his, uh, that's his method of choice. I thought it was very funny that uh, <laughs> Seth was like, nah, he's still using the same material after all this time. And then he went out there and used the same material. He did. <laughs> he did. I guess he came up in the 80s. Like, there's some rappers that are like that, too. They're like, yo, crack. I was like, yo, don't nobody be. Uh, Shanika says, hey, Shanika says, uh, I watched Surfer Sting as uh, we, Shanika, and was lucky enough to be there for his debut at Dailies. I'll never forget it. Hard to believe it's coming to an end, and I love him going out on his own terms. Yeah. Good times, man. I want to go see uh, Sting and Dailies. I- I've seen enough good sting moments. Uh, and then Nirubon says, way back, my cuz got WCW versus NWO revenge, and I always chose Sting because he had the bat. I saw him in Wembley Live after so many years being a Laps fan. The bat, yeah, he did used to carry the bat in the video games. He was kind of annoying because he was so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of our super chats. Appreciate y'all. Y'all are dope. Uh, I believe we have some Humper chat. Uh, Some humpies. Uh, Got one from Bizarre Bigel. He says, "Sup, fellas. Uh, Revolution gonna hit. Gonna hit. Uh, Need BK. Need a BK win tonight. Possibly Okada this week. Osprey last week. We got big business in Boston um, with the Worcester show and another pay per view in April. Possible." How how fed are we? Uh, may make a Reg number three wrestling hater sign. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of stuff going on in Boston. Boston was not happy to see Kyrie Irving the, the other night. They booed this guy out of the building. Yo, Kyrie sucked the whole time. Listen, I'm okay with that. If you're a guy that comes to a city and you have uh, disrespected a franchise after you left, remember, this guy stomped on their logo on the way out. Of course they were going to boo him. I thought that, that was very... It's up for him. The guy came and, and, and did the sage, which I thought was really, really funny. <laughs> Walking around in TD Garden with the sage. Um, 
But yeah, he he did not get a warm welcome back. But I do think a certain boss will. Um, <laughs> from Black Phoenix brand, another thing with Naomi, you just know they're going to eventually give her a quote unquote push and a win somewhere and kind of give you the C. Uh, had, just had to be patient, just like uh, like they didn't bring her back as a champion just to jog her out. I see a trend. Uh, yeah, I hope that, uh, again, I hope their plans for it, man. That's all I got, man. I just, it sucks to see this, man. It sucks. It, it sucks when you kind of know something as well. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I hope I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. then you're showing that you are definitely not. Like, I hope this isn't what I think it is. It is. And then yeah. they continue to be what you think it is. And you're like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah. It's WrestleMania season. A lot of plans are in place. So uh, we can hold out hope for a little bit, but it's not looking good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of plans being in place, we are in full uh, road to WrestleMania mode with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This he guy. is he is giving us uh, a lot of content in a week. Uh, we got the announcement that he will be on the next three episodes of SmackDown. Um, very excited to see that. Um, I, again, I think one of the most exciting things about him coming out and cutting the promo in a Versace shirt the other night was like, oh, he's in. He's tapped mm-hmm. in. He's here to do the wrestling. It doesn't feel like he's just doing guest spots anymore. Right. He's here. And if you did not think that that week, buddy... He put that to rest this week um, because he gave us uh, almost an hour of content yeah. on his own. Uh, started off, he gave us the 21-minute clip uh, to start the day. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, that real? 21 minutes? I saw the time snap at the, at the bottom. I was like, wait a minute, 21? I said, I know that does not say 21 minutes out loud to myself. Yeah, I, w- I was sitting whispering 21 to myself, like 21 Savage, 21. 21, 21. <laughs> What's this? Uh, all right. But I did watch the whole thing. The whole thing was very entertaining. A um, lot of exposition. Um, if you were one of those people, like, they didn't explain the Cody stuff. You got your explanation here. Broke it down. Uh, this very much felt like uh, he's looked at uh, the response to certain stuff. Um, I th- that definitely came across here. You could definitely see that he has been watching certain stuff uh, because he responded, responded to Dave LaGreca. Bro's pretty tapped in for sure. Responded to uh, to Seth Rollins, uh, but I thought all of the, the stuff in it was good. I think him starting off um, and giving the hey man, great time to be a wrestling fan. Wrestling is back, and if you doubted him, uh. You were proven wrong immediately because that clip was everywhere. I saw a bunch of people that yep. don't watch wrestling. I saw a lot of content creators and people that are not in this space sharing rock stuff all of a sudden because rock demands that kind of attention, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did feel like kind of that moment again where wrestling is hot again. Wrestling is cool again. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting that he started out and he was saying, professional wrestling he was saying pro wrestling he was not saying sports entertainment i was like whoa this is uh (laughs) we are somewhere crazy but yeah phil just like you're saying my entire timeline from all the wrestling people to the not the wrestling people were talking like all the rapper guys are talking about the rock like everyone was talking about that fucking 21 clip all day and i was like wait a second what's going on here when i saw the 21 (laughs) i'm like wait the rock is going insane 
I did not watch the whole thing. I got the bullet points because I can't sit through 21 minutes of the rock talking uh, and not wrestling. But I do understand the appeal. No, I do. I love the energy, honestly. Like the ener- his energy throughout the whole thing. Fuck your story. Like him just addressing everybody and being like, everything is hot here because of me. Wrestling hasn't mm-hmm. been hot in years. Wrestling, ha- WWE, nobody's cared about WWE for years, but now they all do because I'm here. Great. Me. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I did watch the entire 21 minutes. Um I thought it was good. Uh I thought um I I thought him breaking down all of the stuff from him coming back, the mm-hmm. the all of the stuff with Cody, breaking down the stuff that happened at, at the kickoff show, I thought was good. I thought it was him filling in the gaps for all of this stuff for him from his perspective. Yep. Um I thought it all worked. Um uh, his address to Dave LaGreca was very funny to me. Uh, he's just like, uh, yeah, wh- why are we why are we paying attention to this guy in his bathrobe and a Cody Rhodes shirt? We're not supposed to give that guy a podcast. We're not supposed to pay attention to that guy. We're supposed to put him in a straitjacket. Um, <laughs> that, that was fucking hilarious. Um, I thought his response to Seth was also hilarious. Him going, man, this is a clown emoji. Listen, when I go into the meetings and he started name dropping like the game on us, um, they don't talk about you. They signed that deal because of me. And that's facts. But the thing that I did think was very funny about all of this is um, because he's a heel, he contradicted himself quite a bit. Yep. Um, and uh, I caught a few very funny things here that were either intentional or unintentional. First of all, you doing a 20-minute clip of you just talking um, reminded me of the iconic response to Triple H, and you're going to be in the ring for 21 <laughs> minutes uh, yep. talking uh, mm-hmm. about absolutely nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was either that was intentional or it was unintentional. Either way, I thought either I way it of, hits. <laughs> I got a kick out of, out of the fact that he was just monologuing at us um, like a heel would, like a villain would. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong. He got he he got his bars off of Seth, but he proved Seth right. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I immediately got from this. I was like, no, he proved Seth's point from the beginning. The reason that he stood on Cody's side is he was like, you're out of control. You're overusing your power. And then he got in this in this twenty one what twenty one minute clip and said, hey man, you better get in line. You better watch your mouth, or maybe I'll find somebody else to put that world heavyweight championship on. Mm-hmm. Kind of overstepping your bounds there. He and, and his whole comeback to him is like, hey man, I don't have new material. Well, I'm your boss. Yep. That's my new material. And I'm just like, yeah, well, you didn't really disprove anything he said. You wow. actually proved everything he said. Yes. You proved that you don't have any new material and you proved that you're using you, your power. You're overusing your power. So <laughs> talk shit to me and I'll cancel your match. Like that's the whole Cody thing is like, keep talking that shit and I'll cancel this. Yeah. Match. <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah. I, I thought that was the funniest thing about this entire thing. You talked all that time, but you just proved Seth's point, And then you also proved why Cody got upset. <laughs> like you mm-hmm. still don't see in all of this, why Cody got upset. Like even when he was explaining the kickoff show, like we had a deal, like, I don't even. I don't understand why you reneged on a deal. We talked about this. No, how do you not see that this is a problem? Like you made this all about you after this man won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> that Cody was all in. We had a deal. Like it was good. We were doing the match. What happened? Yeah, no, no. You're, he, he still doesn't see that he's wrong here, which is a, again a, a, a heel quality. A heel. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, he he. Oh yeah, some... he got his lies off for sure. That was also part of why it was so good. You big get lies, lies off. big lies. I, I I was laughing at people saying everything he said here was facts, and I was just yeah. like, no, it wasn't. He was lying. It, there was some lies in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's um, not how being a hill works. It has to be some lies in there too. There were there were definitely some lies in there. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole thing was entertaining. Getting me to watch him do like the uh, selfie promo for 21 minutes is is something only the rock can do and man it was a master class at not just cutting a promo but also interlacing all the story stuff in there and getting you intrigued at where this is going i've been saying from the beginning sure seems like this tag match is happening uh we got our confirmation on smackdown that seems like we will be getting the tag match um the opening segment of smackdown was very good Way, way too long. I was going to say very long. <laughs> way, way, way too long. After we, we had, had just watched a 21-minute promo from Rock Phil, he thought, I'm going to go do a 35-minute. <laughs> like, what happened to you? Yeah. Like, you know, we almost had this guy talk for an hour yet, just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I thought the segment itself was very good. Um, uh, Roman came out to start. I thought the stuff they started with with Roman was hot. Roman came out and did the Acknowledge Me. And man, vibes is off, man. Vibes are off. Vibes, vibes are, are off. off. He he asked the uh, the crowd to acknowledge him. Did not get a unanimous acknowledge me like he usually gets. He got some Cody chance laced in there. Got some Rock chance both laced in there. This and he was good. and he was getting booed. The Rock think- story being that he it really is the tribal chief, and he's continuously showing us like Roman yeah. standing next to the Rock like. Like, if you just see them on the screen, you're like, well, that's The Rock, and who's the other guy? You know what I mean? Like, and that's Roman yeah. Reigns. He's the man here. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think we talk about enough with Roman as the tribal chief. The thing that um, was the vast improvement with Roman, because I think when Roman was struggling and when the crowds were booing him, you could tell that, you know, they were trying to go against the wave. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that works so well with Roman now is that he, he plays off the audience so well. And right. I thought him coming out there and giving the crowd a chance to voice like all of these things and him just like playing off of it and gradually getting more and more annoyed by it. Like, no, 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 you're supposed to be cheering for me. You're supposed to be acknowledging me. And uh, by the time we get to the end of it and he's just like, whatever, I'm going, I'm leaving. It's, it's canceled. I'm done. And Heyman's like, no, no, we can't leave. The Rock's still coming out. And you can see <laughs> the visual annoyance on his face. Um, and no, everything and I, about his, his face became a meme, his annoyed face. <laughs> yeah, everything about this was great. Him getting annoyed with it. You could see um, more and more Heyman is starting to favor The Rock as well. I thought that was an interesting touch as well. Heyman likes standing next to The Rock a lot. You could tell. <laughs> Heyman, Heyman likes standing next to winners. Yes. <laughs> and you can see it. You can see uh... you can see the power structure shifting. And yeah, very interesting stuff they did there. But Rock eventually comes out. He does his entire entrance. We had to sit through Roman's entire entrance. We also had to sit through Rock's entire entrance as well. Sicko mode, man. <laughs> Rock comes out and they but they got that great visual that has now become the meme of Rock standing there in Rock Rock fashion with the Versace shirt on, soaking in the greatness and you could see that 
Roman was like that sick shit. of all of it. Roman is <laughs> sick of this, bro. I'm tired already, bro. It's been two months and I want this nigga this, gone. This, this guy has only been here for a few weeks, effectively. This was cool when we were just throwing our weight around, but you just coming out here still in the spotlight. I'm not enjoying this. Uh, but uh, comes out, cuts, starts cutting his promo. He, he does his usual running down the fans. All of this was great. Him running down the people of Arizona. Uh, <laughs> again, he did the he did the bait and switch where he was like, "Man, Arizona is number one." It was kind of like he did before, where he was trying to we we hyped him up and was like, "Man, we we've got the crowd attendance for tonight. Arizona is number one <laughs> for Coke." And I was just <laughs> like, oh, "All right, that took a turn. We're um, going right into it, huh?" <laughs> Uh, no, line of the night. I don't know why this made me laugh so hard, but line of the night was him going, Yeah, man, listen, <laughs> finally, finally, you cactus loving crackheads have something that you can really <laughs> stick into your veins. Finally, The Rock has come back to Glendale, Arizona. Uh, very, very funny stuff. He he dropped a few one liners here that were notorious rock one liners. Um, Really, really good stuff. But the meat of it, all of the story stuff that that they were doing with Roman, I thought that stuff was also good. Like I said, we got the official challenge because he responded to Cody's challenge from Elimination Chamber. Uh, Cody initially challenged him to a one-on-one match. Rock was like, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't just go and wrestle anybody one-on-one, but I will give you a tag match. I will give you a chance, you and your clown friend, mm-hmm. to take me and Roman on. And boy, the look on Roman's face when he said tag team match. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, I don't think Roman agreed to work two nights, man. Did you yeah. okay that with him? I don't know. He did not yeah. sign up for this. Yeah, he was looking like, wait a second, who since when? <laughs> I don't think he signed up for this, which was what I predicted was going to happen mm-hmm. because – of course, he's throwing his weight around, and I think he's doing this intentionally as well yeah. because I do think that the other the one of the big things I took away from the clip that he put out before the show is he was still saying throughout this thing that it was supposed to be me versus Roman. Right. I wanted that match. I don't think that he has ever wavered on that. I mm-hmm. think right now this is just a detour. I'm just going to deal with this Cody stuff for now, but I still really want to smoke with Roman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't don't act like I forgot that. And I think other people are not paying attention to that part of it. He he still very much wants to smoke with Roman. Um definitely. You could definitely feel that energy in the way that he was talking. The way that anytime he's like and the champion anytime he like points to Roman like it's always like some tension you could cut with the knife. I thought um what the, there's rules to it of if bloodline wins and it's bloodline rules, they can do whatever the fuck they want. If Cody and Seth wins, then co- there's no bloodline. It's just a blah, blah, blah match. I thought that Roman was tremendous after, when The Rock came out and they announced the match. And then he got the line of acknowledge me of him being like, that's all great. I'll be there at WrestleMania. I'm going to have your back. This is family shit. But the elephant is in the room, bro. You have not acknowledged me since you got I- here. Yo, <laughs> this is the thing that I will give them credit for all the time with the bloodline stuff. They know how to capitalize on certain moments and play it up to maximum effect. Um, yeah. When he leaned in to get ready to do the if you smell and he stopped him, like, hold mm-hmm. on, bro. Mm-hmm. That's cool, but you haven't acknowledged me yet. And just the look on Rock's face, like <laughs> you could see that the Rock wanted to say something. 
Rock was like, I know this motherfucker did not just stop my FP smell. <laughs> um, but you could see so, so many things happening in that moment. You could see the annoyance on on Roman's face with Rock at this point. You could see the Rocks look like, all right, I got you. It was very similar to the stuff with the <laughs> nation where you yeah. could see that Farouk was getting more and more annoyed with this guy, but he was slowly and slowly taking over. I don't know if people caught caught this, but you could see how he kept trying to joke with other members mm-hmm. of the of the bloodline and trying to be buddy buddy with them because he's trying to take over. And yep. the other part of it is he's his boss, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll acknowledge mm-hmm. you for now, but I am your boss. He hasn't, I'm a man. I don't care who that. He yeah. hasn't pulled that card on Roman yet, but he will because he's like, no, no, I have the power here. The I fam- like Roman. <laughs> I like Roman's energy of uh, it felt like the motion that he was displaying of I'm saying this to you and I hope you acknowledge me because I don't want to have to fuck you up and I feel like I might have to fuck you up and it's like the motion was showing in his face of like I want you to say it and I want you to mean it it's time right now and the rock being like yeah it did feel like that nation thing of like yeah I'll acknowledge that Baruch is the man is the leader of this but everybody knows what time it really is yeah, listen, everybody's here to see me. And I think that's the point he's made from the beginning. Like, cool, that's that's all right. I'll acknowledge you for right now. But ain't nobody here to see you, here, you Otis. People are here to see me. Um, and so, yeah, I just, there's so many great moments they had in this that story-wise, I, I, I pointed this out the first week we came on and talked about it. And we had that big debate. But I think the clever thing they've done here is that the two guys that were rivals, they're on the same page. I think that Seth has made the point of now, like, none of this matters. Like, I'm willing to sacrifice this, and I'm going to defend my championship. But this is the bigger issue here, that Mm. they're the biggest threat to everything in this company. And so they're on the same page. You're supposed to initially think that Rock and Roman are on the same page, but they are very much not on the same page. And you can see a lot of cracks showing, uh, cracks, <laughs> a lot of cracks showing uh, in the city of Glendale, Arizona. Uh, uh, yeah, this, uh, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of other good things. I think, um, again, this is how you can tell he pays attention to what people says, because if you thought he threw that L up, unintentionally last week i think he showed you this week that he's very much doing it intentionally because Mm -hmm. you could see him hesitating to put that thumb out a little bit before he did it this week and i was like yeah he's doing it on purpose and i do believe he is going to turn on roman reigns before all is said and done um i don't know when i don't know if he's going to do it on night two but i could also very much see him costing him the match Mm -hmm. in night one um, I can see this going either way, but either way, they've done a phenomenal job of pivoting with this and getting me interested in this tag match. Um, I'm here for it. I think everything they've done with both teams has worked. I think Cody cut a really good promo uh, to end Raw, um, given that, that fire line of, man, bloodline is not hunting me. I'm hunting them. Um uh, Really, really great stuff. Doing the the gender reveal afterwards, and I was just like, "Yeah, nah, this guy's out of here, man. This guy's the hottest baby face in the world at this point. <laughs> you got to put the belt on him. It's over." I think the story that I would be interested in coming out of the WrestleMania match is night one. Rock doesn't screw him, but he plants seeds. But Cody and 
they get the bloodlines not um, involved stipulation. Cody and Seth win, but The Rock uses his authority to still come down and interfere on night two, costing Roman the championship. So him still being like, I said bloodline don't come down, but I don't count because I'm everybody's boss. I could be anywhere the fuck that I want and costing Roman the championship. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think either way, they've got there's enough here for me to be interested in this tag match. And I think even better, you've added even more story to Rock versus Roman. So, yeah, now you're not going to get the match that you thought you were going to get this year. But now it's going to feel like an even bigger deal when we do get the match because there's even more story elements to it. Um, I think they've done really, really a tremendous job. I can't, I, I did not think after it seemed like they were bungling this thing on SmackDown that we would end up on this podcast giving them credit, but I think they've right. done a really good job of pivoting here. Um, I don't, but I think that it's also because Vince McMahon is not in the building anymore. Cause Vince would probably be looking around like, nah, that's the plan. We're not changing it. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, we, we go on exactly with that. Honestly, historically, that's always WWE has been the best when they've been put in positions like this, like they were talking about Brian Danielson and his thing, like we only got that because they had to pivot because we put pressure on them. This feels better because everybody put pressure on them and forced them to, to, to show their hand and forced them to fix this shit. And they really fixed it, man. Like they got people excited. The rock is like uh, uh, on TV all the time. He's doing 21 minute promos. Like, yo, this is, I think this is, we're talking about AEW feelings being restored. This is WWE's feeling being restored tenfold. You got the fucking rock on your main show. Like uh, you, uh, you can't get any better than that. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was, I thought this was a really good segment though, man. This, yeah. the, the, the moment of him cutting him off and telling him to acknowledge him. Then when he does, uh, finally get to do his catchphrase and he stops midway and gives Roman and Mike and lets him finish it. <laughs> All really, really good stuff. Man. He keeps big dog and Roman, man. The Roman's supposed to be the big dog, but it's funny. Cause he keeps like, there you go. Guy, I, I got you. I thought that that was the coolest moment as well is that Roman in that moment thought he got one over here. Like, yeah, let me show you how it's done. And it's just like, yeah, he's, le- he's letting you have this. He could, he could have just like ignored you all together. Um, he's been big dogging you this whole time. And it's just, yeah, I, a lot of really cool stuff they're doing here. This is the most interesting Roman has been in a while for me because I feel like his character has been kind of, has been kind of at a standstill since he beat, uh cody and i mean they started doing the jay stuff but nobody uh, well i won't say nobody i never felt like uh jay was going to beat him um and it just felt like all right we're still doing the same unbeatable uh final boss thing that we've been doing for two years but i think this stuff with rock has added another layer to his character it's added more intrigue to the bloodline stuff um, because boy, I was starting to get bored with it. <laughs> and Phil, you know, I was wondering how ever they were going to get to Roman face turn eventually. Cause you have to, if you have a big long reign like this as a heel, eventually you're going to, going to turn baby face, but this is it. I'm seeing it now with the rock big time. And him. you could Roman's going to continuously build this thing up. Fans are going to start to be like, well, why is the rock treating Roman like that? He is this guy. So I think his baby face turn is going to be happening sooner rather than later at this point. Um, yeah, I do think the baby face turn is going to happen, but I feel like, I feel like rock turning on Roman is going to get him cheered. Um, you think it's going to get the rock cheered? Yes. I I think rock turning on him is going to get him cheered. Mm -hmm. And I 
think the thing that's going to get the others to side with Rock is how much Roman has mistreated them for the past three years. Because um, the thing is, he's he's leading off of I'm the boss and mm. I'm the biggest star here. Roman has been leading leading off of fear. Like, do what I tell you to do, because <laughs> if you don't, I'm, I'm going to be beat you down. <laughs> and so I, I think I think now you're you're looking at this like, I think all of these things are going to come to head. I think Jay and Jimmy is, of course, going to happen one-on-one um, at WrestleMania. But I also think this is going to come around to like, yo, why are you following this dude? Like, <laughs> you you thought that he was going to give you my spot once I was out of the picture, and you're not getting that Maybe. spot. You're not second in command, solo second in command. It's never going to be... It's never going to be what you think it is going to be. And I think at, at some point, Jimmy's going to have this come to Jesus moment of like, this guy is never going to change. Oh, so the thing, the thing is probably leading to Rock turning everybody against Roman. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, I, I assume this that's where this is going. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, look, Heyman ain't loyal, man. Heyman, no. Heyman we've it, saw, we've saw many a times that he's not, he left Brock for a uh, big show. He left Brock for uh roman like he don't he ain't got no loyalty he got loyalty to the champ and money that's it he, bro he, he left roman for brock he was gonna leave him i did think it was very interesting though that Heyman noticed um rock putting up the l you can see him in the side like giving a side eye like what is this guy doing they they put a lot of little easter eggs into this segment man they did they did really good stuff. I thought that uh, uh, I just the Romans part in this was so good for me. The the they acknowledge me and I like I, I probably like that the most out of the promo just because like we're getting to we're not having that match this year at WrestleMania, but like you said, they added so much more story to it. When it does happen, it's going to be even bigger than if we did just get it at the show. Yeah, I I do think that that Roman is eating a rock bottom by the end of WrestleMania weekend. Though. One thousand percent, a gazillion percent. He, he is he is eating a rock bottom, and I do think he's eating that pin. He is going to lose, man. I think it's happening. Yeah, thinking about it now, there's no way that the Rock's gonna get booed off of that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. I'm telling you, he's gonna get a big time cheer right. when he turns yeah. on, and I think yeah. Cody is going to beat him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think all of this is great. I think uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think there's a world where some people can say, is The Rock overshadowing Roman? Is The Rock even overshadowing Cody, Cody at this point? Um, no. I kind of feel like that's the point. Like he's like it. He's making it like that's what it is. I don't think that's what it is, but I think that's the point. You know what I mean? Of his character. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I've seen some people that are like, this is not making me want to see Rock versus Roman. It's making me want to see Cody versus Roman. But I I, I think that's kind of the point on right. Rock's part. Like, I am the bigger star. I am the bigger draw. Um, like, you've been holding this down for three years. You've been the face of this company. But I stepped in for a few weeks, and people already want to see me more than you because <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, the people wanted Cody to finish his story, but they would rather see Cody wrestle me, actually. So, like, how much of a big dog are you? <laughs> Bro, when he's... When he said in that clip and said, man, I told him, you can finish your story later, man. Like, bro, <laughs> you can finish your story later. It's hilarious, man. No, Rock is, uh, he's, uh, he beat the allegation. They tried to hold the Rock down. They That clip's been coming up of John Cena and him and him saying that he had the, the, the words written on him. 
And The Rock was like, oh, all right. I see what y'all, see what time. Y'all be talking crazy about your boy after Black Adam and all this. Yesterday's 21-minute promo was like, oh, yeah, y'all still got me fucked up. Y'all forgot. I, I will never forgive some of you guys for doubting my goat during that Cena Cena program. Like, man, he got him. Look, he showed him he had the stuff written on the arm. Like, look, man, I hated that he beat Punk that year, but nah, Rock is still different, bro. Y'all, y'all had Rock fucked up. Y'all had him all the way fucked up. And that 21 minutes was like, oh, here you go. And because everybody afterwards was like, oh, yeah, I forgot the Rock. Yeah, it's the Rock. Now what you what you thought? Bro, <laughs> one of the best one of the best promo guys in the history of this business, man. <laughs> he just forgot like, what, about that he still has that charisma he's still a movie star like what like no man that's what he does yeah uh yeah really really fun just not just fun watching those segments fun watching smackdown last night but just wa- fun watching the timeline react to it fun watching uh people that don't watch uh wrestling get excited for this stuff again it's cool i think it's good for the business I love it. Anybody in the timeline has been excited in a good way talking about wrestling, uh, either in both companies and a d- bunch of different companies. It's awesome. The Rock came in and he said a bunch of lies, but the lies that he did not say were a bunch of people are paying attention to what he does. Like when he puts up stuff, people are interested that haven't been interested in wrestling in years. Like that's all true because of The Rock. They're all are back because of The Rock. Did you see uh, Rock came to one of his co-stars' defenses? Because I guess she uh, felt like she was bullied or something on set, and he was just like, "I want to know about this." And I was just he like, "Probably well, could have kept that one." I think I saw that, and I was just like, "Well, wait a minute, Rock, you haven't said anything about this lawsuit stuff." So I'm like, "There's a bunch of people you could probably come mm-hmm. to go to bat for and help them out in the yeah. same situation at the company that you're on the board for." Maybe could have came to the fence for Jan- Janelle Grant, um, but uh, well, uh, <laughs> a little, little awkward, a little awkward. A little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> or a little awkward. You can't stick the landing every time, Phil. It is the WWE. You know, Vince still has his flavorings out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Z- Zero Hour said it was Rebecca Ferguson that he was defending. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I saw that and I was like, uh, yeah, you didn't really say anything about this thing. So it's a yeah, little bit hard. But all right. Probably not that. I, I, I want to hear what you have to say about the thing going on in where you live and where you sleep and where you work and where you're on the board at. But yeah. their own. let's get into a few super chats before we get out of here. Uh, Black Phoenix Brand says, better send off Sting or The Undertaker? Sting, I think. Yeah. That's it. I would probably Undertaker would be in the uh, conversation if he wasn't doing the YouTube face on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> my man is out outside, bro. He's doing the the one man shows on. He's, he's he's on YouTube. He's outside, man. I don't know. It's like it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's the weird. Undertaker. His whole thing, his whole it's so thing weird, is man. not this. Like he doesn't talk. When he does talk, it's a meaning. Now he's just like. Here's three hours of me talking about, like, I can't, what, dude? All right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Steph the Writer says, I need them to start doing something with Jade. I'm done with them slow playing her story. What are they doing with Jade, Phil? What's going on here? I agree. I, you know, I voiced this uh, annoyance with Elimination Chamber because I thought she should have been on a card. And we're still doing the slow walking the dog. She showed up on SmackDown last night and she had like a mini confrontation with uh, Io Shirai 
Eo Sky, sorry, not Eo Shirai. Um, and I was just like, uh, whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> like, all right, what's it? And then Nick Aldis, they're still doing the Nick Aldis is trying to sign her. It's like, you guys get just to it, dude. Get, get to it, man. I just want to see the woman wrestle, man. That's it. We don't want all this. Uh, well, Chisholm says Roman versus Cody is going to look like Avengers Endgame with everybody coming out 1000%. Unless they do the no bloodline storylines. So. But I still think there's some way that they're going to. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the heels win on night one and we get the bloodline rule stuff. But in order, in order to counteract that, the baby faces come out to help Cody win. Right. But yeah, Rikishi, everybody going to be out there. Uh, Will Chisholm also says, I will have the bloodline jump Roman on the SmackDown after Mania so Roman can be home for months and Heyman, Heyman can come back as a babyface. Or he can come back as a babyface. Yeah. Yeah, he probably... Uh, Roman uh, Saying Roman Reigns needs time off is funny. No, they just need to do something different with this character, I think. About this. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I can see him eating this uh, rock bottom at WrestleMania and then coming out after he loses the belt on the Monday afterwards and calling out the rock. Rock comes out like he's going to get beat up by the bloodline and then they proceed to beat down Roman instead. Yep, I can see that happening on SmackDown. Leonard Aarons III says, even without Vince in the building, his ways remain in the creative process yet again. They book in spite of the audience, forcing a pivot. But this explanation from the rock makes Cody look stupid. Uh, I don't think it does. I think that I, I there, there's there is no way that you can get around the fact that he won a Royal Rumble and he just was willing to give his match. To, right. to there's no there's no good explanation to it. No, it's not. But I, I think I think it works because if you just go off of everything from the kickoff show on, it works. Um, but again, I think you got to kind of ignore what happened on that smackdown because it doesn't make sense yeah we just i think they're, they're trying to get you to forget about it and we're all just supposed to forget about it i think yeah <laughs> unless unless this guy's a double agent and he's lying to us and that's not what he whispered in his ear that night that's possible <laughs> uh delay grass says when the rock said that roman is a tribal chief he meant that in the possessive tense he owns the tribal chief yeah i i definitely think there was something funny to the wording he used there mm-hmm. um but we'll see again. I think he is going to turn on this man. Because did he say something time. like "You're my tribal chief" or something? He didn't say like "You're some." There was some wording he, that he got around. He specifically said, "As family, mm-hmm. I acknowledge you as tribal chief," gotcha. and that's why I think later he's going to be as your boss. <laughs> I don't have to acknowledge you. <laughs> How fucks with that? Uh, Leonard Aaron's the third also says count Instagram rock ate up about an hour of talking crush Seth and you're not beating Roman title made Cody look stupid because nothing should have gotten Cody to give up that match nothing well you got it back yeah um yeah look I think the Drew, the Drew stuff is gonna work as well I think the Drew and Seth stuff is getting me interested so I don't know. I think some people are always going to see that belt as second rate. I don't think that it helped that Roman got on TV and said it was the loser bracket title. Um, but it is what it is at this point. I think everything that's hap- legit that happened yesterday just saved everything. Like everything that happened before, it's fine. Whatever. We're moving forward. Like you could harp on that stuff. And I understand like there are yeah, some holes it, in the plot, but yeah, like, yeah, there was some stuff here that was definitely <laughs> not good. Uh, but like I said, for me, from the kickoff show on, I think that they had, they managed to salvage it. Right. Uh, Smiley BWR is going to be our last super chatter. 
the day and she says afternoon boys hope y'all are doing well i got to see mustafa wrestle last night at warrior wrestling it was beautiful the rocks outfit looked like something from the beauty supply store i'm gonna go get a drink now hi reggie hello tracy my friend love you i hope you're having a good day hope you're having a good week hope you're having a good life and shout out to you thank you not the beauty supply shirt he he, he had the he had the versace on <laughs> the rocks very funny guy Versace appreciate everybody Versace. submitting uh super chats y'all are dope uh you do not have to and i know what it's like it's hard out here rent is due <laughs> cadillac and gas money spent <laughs> uh checking to see if we have any humper chats before we get out of here Duh, i think we got the last of them i just want to double check mm-hmm Uh, that is our last humper chat. Um, so we are effectively done. Just every now and then we end. I'm just like, all right, are we done? Is, is this it? <laughs> is this, <I'm> just, <laughs> is that, that it? That that's all we got. Um, I think so. I, I almost feel like I want to start hitting the uh, the uh, sexual chocolate. The and give, give yourselves a, a round of applause. You've been so so beautiful. <laughs> what do y'all got to say before we leave? No, that's it. <laughs> but nah, you know what it is. This has been this has been a great episode as always. Appreciate you guys for coming through. Appreciate you for sending your super chats, your humper chats. Um, appreciate you guys for the great feedback on the Daniel Garcia interview. You can still yeah. check that out on Watch Fightful's that. YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, that is all. We got nothing else for you, man. I, if you're still looking at the screen, waiting for something insightful <laughs> to be said, we, we ain't got nothing for you, bro. This is it. Yo, I did a dope interview with Ruckus this week, too, on Indeed. Please check that out. Black History Month on Indeed was amazing. Uh, shout out to Jay Rose for joining me. Shout out to homie Mike for representing. Uh, yeah, check out Daniel Garcia. Check out Ruckus. Check out everything ever. You know your boys. We're always here. Um, we'll see you next week. Or Phil will see you tomorrow, and then I'll see you on Monday because we're both doing post-show revolution things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I will see you tomorrow on the post-show with Iridian and Crest the Star. Um, appreciate you guys, as always. This has been Grapsity. I'm Phil Lindsay. It's Righteous Rich. We are out of here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.